Holman, if you don't mind, I'd like to start by reading an email from Sean Gerard, one of our listeners. He sent a note to truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Can you guys reach out to R Not Industries about acquiring AccuAir? Your listeners need to know. Okay, done. <laughs> yeah, done. How's I mean, that for service? That was, that was easy. So on this episode, we're checking in with Ryan Rutledge, Director of Controls at R Not Air Suspension. Those are the guys that just bought AccuAir. Oh, those aren't the old guys that Scott Birdsall had some uh, <laughs> no. choice words for. No, these are the new guys. They just acquired the assets. They're not. Uh, they didn't get any of the, uh, the the ugly baggage. Yeah, right. So uh, they're going to be relaunching uh, AccuAir mm-hmm. and uh, basically partnering their two brands together to make a one-stop shop for air suspension. So it's going to be uh, pretty awesome. And uh, now, wait, now, hold on a second. I got to yeah? stop you there because a lot of guys you're going. Who, who's who's are not? I've never heard of that. Well, we're going to talk about it in the interview. And you're going to be surprised because they make some cool stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to uh, be a, uh, a match made in heaven. Now, I'm looking at the guest list here, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing that we have another guest tonight. I feel like this is the lightning episode. We've got, uh, let's see, air suspension. Ooh, I love air suspension. You know I love and a then good we've got bagged truck. Audio. Ooh, I love audio. Dude. So I, this is all about you. I worked at Car Fidelity. For years. No, I, I realize that. I'm just saying that this is the, we talked about the USOD before. Mm-hmm. This is actually the USOD. The MIASOD. The, the lightning yeah, right. episode. The lightning yes. episode. Yeah. Oh my God. Car audio. I'm so in heaven. These guys are from OEM Audio Plus and you're going to like what you hear. These are the guys that take your factory like bass sound system that maybe you got in your Tacoma or something like that. And they basically give you better sound than the premium upgrade without tearing up your whole entire vehicle. It's integrated, as I like to say. Ah, I like that. Yeah, the cool thing is uh, you'll never know. You'll only know by the sound. There isn't a bunch of weird wires that or battery like a draws. tagline. Did you just read that? No, but we should sell it to them. <laughs> we should, yes. All right, well, we're going to have them They're on They're out well. in the parking lot waiting. All right, well, let's thank our uh, presenting sponsor, Nissan, because uh, without them, this show would not be possible. So if you're in the market for a half-ton, half-ton plus Nissan Titan or Titan XD, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business, or... Mid-sized pickup, you get the Nissan Frontier, and of course, commercial vehicles mm-hmm. with the NV line of vans. Do you see what I brought in, Holman, in the uh, in the bag over there? Uh, it looks like it says decked on it. Yeah, that is a big old D-bag. So, uh, well, I'm looking at this over here, and it doesn't look anything like mine. Why? How's it different? I mean, mine's full of stuff. It's in the back of my vehicle, ready to go. This is in a freshy, fresh uh plastic bag. I brought this one in okay. because I wanted to do an audio unboxing. In unbagging. Unbagging, <laughs> unbagging I was going to say. Yes. Undebagging. Undebagging, exactly. Uh-huh. I wanted towards, it. We'll, we'll do it later in the show, okay. I wanted to take people through a debag, explain, and give them the- uh, <laughs> I think we take people no. through a debag every episode. <laughs> Two debags. No, we'll do it like ASMR style. No. Zipper, no, like we're, we're not doing weird stuff like that on this this podcast. No? no. you sure? No, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We've got one here in the studio, finally. Uh, I've been enjoying mine, so- Head over to Deck.com or at DeckUSA. You can check out their new line of D-bags or, of course, their drawer system. And uh, on you that- just- Wow, stop. Just what? don't gloss over the uh, the sliding drawer system. It's what made them truck famous. And you're not even going to play the truck famous intro? I mean, I- Really? Here we go. Truck famous. All right, cut it. Stop. Okay, that's- yeah. <laughs> Let's start the show. Deck is truck famous. The truck show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck? Cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show. 
Truck Show. The Truck Show. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right. Are you ready to talk? This thing is so loud. What? The You're intro the one is louder than normal. You're the one controlling the no, levels. No, I know. I did that on purpose. I liked it loud and proud. It's because you haven't been able to hear. I swear our listeners don't know this, but like the last five or six shows, you have been falling apart in terms of hearing things. It's almost like you're you're paranoid. You're like, I sounded weird. This is what I sound I sound different to nothing changes between shows except for you. You are the only variable. And yet you come in every time and some days you can hear, some days you can hear crickets outside, some days you can't even hear me talking. Lightning. What is wrong with you? You guys talking about me? <sighs> can we get to our first guest, OEM Audio Plus? I think it's going to be a pretty informative interview because uh, if you haven't heard of these guys, they do some pretty cool stuff in the audio space. Open the door and let them in. Come on, guys. In. Have a seat, guys. So we were just out in the uh, in the parking lot, sitting in a Jeep JL. What yep. is it? A twenty twenty? I would yep. assume it's new, a new JL. Which yeah. surprised me that it's a it's a rental, right? <laughs> so Sandy and and Daniel from OEM Audio Plus, which I'm dying to know where the plus came from because last time I think it was just OEM Audio, right? You added the plus. <laughs> it's just extra for special pizzazz, now, right? It's the secret sauce. It so is secret sauce. We we were we were outside and we were had the windows up and we were jamming out to some music, all yep. different sorts of music, and they were blowing us away with their sound system, their retrofit sound so, system. So so let me let me back up a little bit because the way I found out about them is we've done some stories in Truck Trend Four Wheeler in the past where. We were looking for an audio upgrade for a new vehicle and did not want to tear into the system, did not want to have extraneous amps and boxes hanging from various parts of the interior. No, but you we love just a wanted, nest of wires. That's right. We <laughs> just wanted a really clean-sounding premium audio system to elevate the OE experience without spending a ton of money and without... Cut, you know, hacking up our wiring harnesses and, and forever changing the vehicle so that we'll have you know uh, untraceable draws and dead batteries for the rest of our uh, our lives. And these guys came in, and what they do is they I guess you guys started in the Toyota market, kind of yes, got real real heavy Toyotas, which is a notoriously uh, difficult platform because of how their head units are integrated, integrated into the vehicle yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys basically took the the factory infrastructure and were able to change up the amps, the speakers. Some some logic, uh, subwoofer, and get premium sound out of you know it's it's sort of like you have all these ingredients they they bake the cake before the cake didn't have any icing steak. on it it was just it was just a boring cake okay. they put frosting on it and sprinkles yeah it's funfetti so what they did is they sweetened up <laughs> the parts department welcome to the parts department screw nut filter oil grill tools wheels tires brakes lights ears belts and your wife warns you not to don't you spend our money and then you want to come back now our wives are thrilled with this purchase well i'll tell you right now but we have to change the jingle now because i didn't hear audio anywhere in there oh that's true yeah. yeah you're gonna have to adjust that i'll uh, i'm not gonna make that change. just do it in post just oh, just post. sing it at one point no All right. So so welcome, guys. Welcome to our hot-ass studio. Sandy and Daniel from OEM Audio Plus. You guys, which one wants to jump in? And but you guys know each other, so that's not really fair. Well, yeah. What's that story? How do Sandy? How do we know each other? Is it from? uh, 
Is it Boston? No. Yes, it is. Where, is it Bo- Boston Acoustics? Yes, it Acoustics? is. Okay. Uh, that time I was working for Boston Acoustics. I don't know. Did I? Did I? I must have called you for something free. I yeah, think that's we, we works, put it right? in your five that's, series BMW. Oh, see, that's uh-huh. how I'm <laughs> you. you know, that's how I meet everyone. Uh, pretty much. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you outed yourself. But, but I will say this: for as wait, many, wait, 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 hold on. Did you give it to him? I don't recall. <laughs> yes, you did. I did. You did. Well, yeah, great. <laughs> I had a, uh, a I had a set of the six point twos. I want to say there you go. Is there, that because that's where uh, marketing funds came in? Yeah. Is that because Rockford Fosgate mm-hmm. Kicker Infinity uh, Alpine all turned you down? N- no. Okay. No, just checking. Be- no, that's because when I was in my youth, I worked at Car Fidelity. Yes, you did. Mm. And you car, too. Car, I worked. Yeah. Didn't everybody work there at one? Point? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. Not Car-Fi. I did. Did you? You worked yeah, at Carfi? I worked for Kenny. Ken Sven. Ken Sven. Absolutely. There you go. If you're not from Southern California, you wouldn't know. But if you're from the <laughs> the beach area, they had a very famous one of their. Uh, I think they had I don't know ten locations, something like that at one point. They did. And one of them famously had a red Lamborghini Countach painted on the side of the building. And yes. everyone who went to Newport or Huntington down the 55 freeway from the inland area had to pass it on the way home, and they would see that famous red Lamborghini painted mm-hmm. on the side of the building. I got to work in that one, and I thought that was a that was a total treat when I was young. I was selling car stereo equipment, and I wanted to be an installer, but I wasn't talented enough. Mm. So I thought they had some really amazing fabricators in the back, yep. and I would... I guess I ended up being a pretty good salesman because I was I made some great commissions. I loved the Boston systems at that time, the, the sound systems. Yep. Uh, so much. I just I, I would get all hot and bothered over them, and I think I carry that into uh, today. It, into today, <laughs> yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, really? I, I no, that's not true though. No, it's I, true. I the only thing Boston, no, I no, no, today, not your love of Boston, but your love of uh, car audio still absolutely uh, per- permeates uh, all the way to that's, today. That's uh, yeah, absolutely true. Somehow I just remembered that, and I, when I had my five series <clears throat> BMW, it was a, a five forty that was supercharged. Um, Nick at VF, I was the Were first. Were you at K Rock at the time? Yes. Okay, so you actually had some give me free stuff power. I had some juice. A little bit. I had a little bit of juice. Okay. I had friends bit. at Pioneer, you at Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, all over the place. Alpine. I was just, I was kind of ignored. I wouldn't go to like, I will say that I was an Alpine fan. I think that I've over the, ma- the, the since we started the show, we've probably interviewed Steve Brown, Steve mm-hmm. Motherfucking Brown, mm-hmm. um, as everyone calls him. Uh, the most out of any one car audio company. I think as whole as a whole, I love Alpine, but I pick and choose certain things that I, you know, like those Boston six twos were a yep. favorite of mine back in the day. Six inch, uh, you know, mid base and, and a what a polycell tweeter. What were they? I don't remember. It's a soft dome tweeter. Soft dome tweeter. It's a soft dome tweeter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just love that stuff. So I, I would assume I would have called you, and that's how we would have hooked up. And uh, yes, and then you're smarter than me. And I'm always attracted to people that are smarter than me. So Sandy, thank I, you. I don't know about that. Yeah. And um, you, at what point did you weave your way and end up at OEM Audio? And then Daniel, how did you enter the equation? I'm and then curious. who added the plus to the side of the building? How much time do we have? <laughs> we have enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let me start this uh, about. 2004 at the mid uh, when I was at Boston Acoustics doing the OEM thing meaning uh, back in 2000 uh, I started the OEM division for Boston Acoustics and right along that Chrysler took interest in us Daimler Chrysler at that time and said hey we're looking for a alternative uh, branded audio system for our new fleet of cars that are coming out which is you know the Chrysler 300 and so on and so we got involved with that and uh, about midway going to that program about 2004 the aftermarket division of Boston Acoustics brought up a point where uh, 
hey, how can we leverage all of this branded audio stuff that Boston's doing with Chrysler and kind of form some sort of upgrade that can utilize all the Boston Acoustics aftermarket car stuff? So we, uh, we then started doing some projects wherein we combine both elements, the OE side of Boston and the aftermarket side of Boston and started building concept cars and brought them to SEMA for feedback. Ah. And the beauty of it is that we got very good feedback on that marriage, meaning the whole idea was somebody would buy a Chrysler Dodge vehicle, uh, would have the ability to upgrade with aftermarket Boston as a plug and play uh, See, to me, that is the genius. I I can't tell you how many vehicles I've had where all I wanted to do, the amp was enough, and I had a nice head unit, especially with today's vehicles with the navigation screens and all that. There's a lot of features, especially with CAN bus, that are all in the head unit. Yes. And I don't necessarily want to change any of that. I like the interface. I I, I think that, you know, 600 watts is enough for for me. I'm not audiophile. But I just don't think this, the speaker componentry is good enough. And I would love to have a plug-and-play option for a new vehicle. They always cheap out on the speakers. Yeah. They're just uh, for, for paper sure. cone it, speakers. And, and I, don't want, uh, I, I don't want a bunch of ugly aftermarket grates. I'm not trying to have that boy racer look. I want a, a quietly elegant audio solution that... Only I know something's done and I can enjoy Correct. it, right? Like, I don't need the branding everywhere. I don't need, you know, silver and red grills and lights that flash. I just want to enjoy the sound. So that opportunity came, and when we tested it, it worked fine, and we got great feedback. And then Boston went to a transition of ownership and was eventually bought out by a venture capitalist group. Boo. Yeah, exactly. Boo. Yeah, and when that group came in, basically we were quietly, uh, you know, uh, the project was put aside, and and they bring it. They didn't put put any life in it anymore. So at about that time, uh, there was a change also in opportunities at Boston Acoustics. I was asked because at that time I was working from California and and traveling to Detroit for Chrysler. I was asked by the company if I would consider relocating to Michigan mm-hmm. to take full charge of of, and, of that situation. And you said. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I I had my first winter and first whiteout drive in Detroit, and I anyway, said, "No thanks. I'm in. I'm in. I'm not. No, thank you." So, in in parting with Boston, uh, uh, they were so supportive and generous of this situation, and I asked them, "Hey, if nothing's going to happen with this project, can I go ahead and take it?" And they gave me their full blessing. And no in fact, way. for a few wow. months, for a few months, silently. They gave me engineering support on the side. You're kidding me. Yes. That's amazing. That's unheard of. Normally, yeah. they're like, no, no, we, I own yeah. that IP. Yeah, well, I'm not going to do anything with ours, it, and I'm not going to let you do anything We're with gonna it. We're going to squat on it and make yeah. sure it dies. Right. And then, in fact, through that relationship that we built through Chrysler and other vendors, I was able to land uh, an amplifier supplier, a speaker supplier, and so on. And that's the beginning. And, and what happened was the main difference between what, our approach is, which is OE upgrades versus what the aftermarket's trying to do now, where they're trying to say an OE upgrade using aftermarket parts. We use OE grade parts, meaning they are designed to out to perform as good or better than aftermarket, but they're certified for mm-hmm. production line in content, which means they can they they go through environmental testing, they go through reliability testing, 10, 10 year you know accelerated life 
reliability testing on, on all your products on all our products and so well, what it sounds like a colossal pain in the ass it is the beginning <laughs> so that's why it's 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 very painful for established companies to try to do this especially when their mo- business model is universal meaning so I, I build the head unit i build the speaker you make it fit so, here, so here's what i don't understand right so you go to uh x manufacturer and they say we have an x branded uh, audio system but that company doesn't actually make the audio system. Usually it's a Panasonic or a Sony it's or something, right? You're right, correct. Um, very rarely, except for in the case of me, like a Ford F-150 or something, do you ever see Sony. But a lot of times they're the ones who do the base unit in a vehicle. Correct. Um, now, there's other things. There's you know Alpine actually does their Alpine stuff. Well, and there's that. But hold on. So the question I have is, why is it so damn difficult to, to, put it, to make a direct replacement speaker for a new vehicle because you usually need an adapter harness is it because nobody wants to carry uh you know so many SKUs because they don't you know they need a universal speaker that they can adapt to it or because i just want to be able to go unplug plug i'm done well now it's like in this case of a jl especially with the alpine mm-hmm. premium system there's four ohm speakers there's two ohm speakers mm-hmm. there's uh, the way the the amp does the crossover, there's a ten inch sub, but doesn't really get all the love. The ten inch sub is a four coil you have, you, woofer, right? And then you and then you have what'd you say? It's a four coil woofer. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's a really weird like hybrid woofer. Yeah. And then you wow. have yeah. Then you have um, the way that the amplifier has bass blockers, so that you don't get bass in the sound bar. You only get it elsewhere, so they you have don't have filtering. the rattle. Right? Yeah. They have, it's just like I just want to upgrade the damn speakers. <laughs> like you know. I, I and I don't know if you noticed that, Sean, but if you take out your speaker and replace it with something else, it, it doesn't necessarily work. Right, which is why... It, it checks the impedance. Right, and, and the CAN bus on the system is so smart, if it doesn't have the, the load. right load, load, it won't well, send sound to the speaker correct. on an individual channel. Yes. Correct. And people don't realize that. So oh, that's, oh, no. that's like uh, changing your halogen bulb and putting yeah, it in an LED, LED and yeah. now you got fast blink or whatever. Right, right yep. exactly. And so you don't get any sound out of it and you've spent $100 on a decent, you know, uh, it's four and a half in the Jeep, you know, or four inch in the Jeep. Mm-hmm. And now you they, they don't work. And so you have to see, okay, well, is there a base blocker on here? Is there a 48 ohm resistor? Is there whatever the case may be? There's a whole lot of things you got to do. I just want to plug the damn speaker in and be. Oh, and actually, great. a lot of the owners have came up with those solutions where they uh-huh. understood they did some of the smarter guys knew how to measure impedance and, sure. and loads and, and created their own fake loads to make yeah. things work. Yes, well, it sounds sucks. like in asking that question, Holman, you answered it. I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I just I just want to know why it's so damn difficult. Why can't you oh. just say, okay, I have an X system and I'm going to go buy their X aftermarket part and bolt it in? My my take on it is that. They're very uh, protective of, of the environment of the car because so many things – cars now are a lot more electrically complicated, sure. complex. And what happens is that your traditional car hi-fi guy that's going to go in there and try to start cutting wires, well, a lot of these wires are all inter- intertwined with yeah. other features, buzzers, you know, uh, door locks, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it may be. I'm not – you know, at the end of the day, if you can get easily lost in this whole mix, yeah. and and that's why our company, what we did is we did all of that backroom work mm-hmm. to make sure that the end user doesn't have to deal with it. Like oh, the worst thing about having a modern car is when you swap out the stereo for one of the fancy head units that some of the big manufacturers have, and there's, uh, gee, a mystery draw, just like I had back in 1985, right? Like. It's still a problem. And you go out, I haven't driven my car for a week, and the battery's dead. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it wasn't like this before I put in the aftermarket head unit that was supposed to be wazoo and, mm-hmm. and great. And I just want a simple system. 
I, I, I'm one of those guys that has the aesthetic that stock is fine. I just want to sound better. Correct. And then you guys came in and went, and oh, there's exactly that that. what we're doing. Now, Sandy, I remember vaguely that you were trying to figure out the most systems for a while. That is that is that true? Were you working on most for a while? We had talked to a few people about it because okay. one of the early opportunities has is one of the car manufacturers that use most very early. Now, on. most was fiber. Correct fiber optic? Or it no? is. Okay. It's all fiber optic. And, and that's though. still today. Is Mercedes still using that today? Yes, they are. And that is just a colossal pain in the ass to work with, correct? Yes. In, in essence, there's <laughs> different versions of it now. But I don't even know what most stands for. I just remember that all the car stereo guys were pulling their hair out because no one had an adapter. So to if you had any kind of a, a lot of German vehicles were going to most, right? And the Lexus vehicles. It's a Lexus. Okay. Stands any for, of the luxury vehicles. Uh, mainly onerous stereo technology. <laughs> oh, I like yeah, that. You yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for sure. Uh, <laughs> 10 points. Yeah, thank you. So uh, that seemed like a pain in the ass. So I, I do recall you working on that, but did that was that before the uh, the OEM Audio Plus? Yeah, what, what happened was the op, we, we were trying to understand where the first opportunities were going to be, and, and thankful, uh, we're thankful to Toyota. They gave us the opportunity through Scion. So w- the way the business started is we started supplying Scion uh, USA mm-hmm. uh, directly as a, as a dealer option in, uh, product. And, uh, and, we, and Scion was really um, young, young-minded. Young, yeah, it was a lot more liberal in how they approached the business. Toyota really wanted it to have a standalone dealership, and they wanted a different experience, and they wanted to loosen the reins on aftermarket and customization, which for a company like Toyota was incredibly difficult because their lawyers yes. and everything and their brand protection, mm-hmm. a very conservative Japanese company. Yes. Extremely conservative. And the fact that you can even get a TRD Pro on anything is amazing considering Correct. their legal hurdles, let alone having a company stateside that they have a, a, an agreement with that can go in and change componentry at the dealership level, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal. Spot on. And so, yeah, so when that opportunity came up, we went through a few hurdles to get it going. But at the end of the day, we were, you know, we were welcomed with open arms, and, and we did that for a few years. Now, did Scion, because it was an arm of Toyota, essentially give you keys to the castle? Is that why you were Not able quite. to? Not okay. quite. Basically, they, 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 they gave us a set of parameters to meet, and we met them and 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 blew blew them away on 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 the performance of the product and and from the get go we've always been about plug and play and drop in and and making like the subwoofer enclosures look like they're part of the the interior so with those combinations of things and and Scion not really having a premium branded audio they have Pioneer for head units mm-hmm. and speakers but they don't have a fully you know tuned integrated integrated system, system. Right, right. yeah. So we're huh. a piggyback. Why do you suppose they didn't? I think they were the, the the way the vehicles were were meant for the market was to for customization for personalization. So they didn't want to just take control of all of that. They wanted to open up the fact that hey, we're going to give you something basic. Uh, the speaker great. The, the the speakers were above average. The head units had RCA outputs for subwoofer. Addition, adding subwoofer amps and a subwoofer. That's, a, that's and unusual. This is, this is Scion, right? Scion. This yeah. Scion. I mean, I think, and you have to, I, you know, I've had this conversation with OEs a number of times where they've said, on an enthusiast vehicle that we want to meet a price point. So, for example, uh, let's go to Ram, the Ram um, Express, which was a Hemi truck that you could get the 20 inch wheels, that you could get body colored bumpers, yes. sport hood, 
but the inside was basic cloth, basic radio. And I said, all of that's really good. You, can get, you know, I think it said Hemi uh, for, you know, like $27,000. Yeah. The idea was give somebody something that looks really great, that's young. Maybe they're out of high school, out of college, first job yes. that they can afford and feel like they've made it in the world. But don't give them too much content that makes it out of their reach. So they did a lot of styling elements similar to what Scion did. And I always said the one thing missing is whenever you do a package like that, put a decent stereo in it because that's what these guys really want, right? They want all that stuff. They can do the manual windows and they can do the cloth seats. They're not going to do a crappy stereo system. No, I, I love it when you uh, buy one of those cars and you try and bump like some bass and it's just going. There's no bass. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's four tweeters in it, right? right. Like it's it, in the doors and the dash and that's all you get. Everything's fluttering and every <laughs> yeah. voice coil is blown out. Yeah, well, that's the it. rental cars yeah. that you uh, <laughs> buy secondhand, right? Oops. But that was like Scion was, hey, we're going to give you something decent that you don't have to be ashamed of, but it's also going to give you the room to grow if you want to customize it. Yeah, well, what's good about their their audio systems their, their, uh, is that they started with a decent head unit. That's the most, most important thing. It's probably the biggest investment that any young person, first car, uh, first time car owner is going to go into. And, and once you tear up the car, they, you know, a head unit, what, what, you know, typically... It's, it's, it's wheels, tires, head unit. Yes, there you go. But at least... You know, having the cars standard with a decent head unit, they have a platform to build on. And that's what, where we came in. Where does your plan start? It's a blank piece of paper. It what, was are gonna, a, what are you going to present? They asked us to do a proposal. Okay. And we basically took a 2010, yeah, a 2010. A 2010 yeah. First generation Scient TC. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and basically built the system on there, uh, all drop-in components. And, and our, you know, our what you call vehicle-specific subwoofer our DSP amplifier and presented it to them. And they loved the execution so much, they said, okay, let's go to the next step. We're introducing a new Scion, the, mm-hmm. that's generation two, which came out in 2011, and we want to do the XB. And, and after that, you know, when the IQ was introduced, we are also part of that, and then eventually the FRS. And mm-hmm. you guys are doing something that, at that point, wasn't really a big deal in the, uh, in the aftermarket. You could get either your stereo shop to make you custom sub box yes or you can get a generic sub box and yes. volume but mm-hmm. maybe it went under your seat or whatever sure you guys did enclosures that literally were molded to the shape yes. of the inside of the interior panels yes. which was it that that i mean i think today that's a, that there are more players in that space but at the time nobody was really doing a vehicle uh, specific sub enclosure there was there was a couple of players that uh, respectfully you know jail yeah, audio was doing there, it. Yeah. there, there did, still did are job. some doing it but i'm yeah. telling you they're they're hard very, to find they're hard to find and they're very yeah. pricey yeah. and the number of of custom installs like when when we were growing up in the you know in the late 80s 90s and early 2000s there was Allen Ed's on every corner or whatever the car fidelity equivalent mm-hmm. is. And there's there was shops in every major city around the country where Correct. you could get some some great glass work done or whatever. Yeah. Those shops have vanished. There are and you can you can count them probably on three hands. Like the the like if you three talk hands. To, Who three has hands? three hands? I have three. Oh my Call gosh. I had no idea. You don't know where I keep it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you know, we were talking out in the parking lot about the the Steve Browns and the and the uh, the Chris Yattos and the guys that came up very in the in the '90s scene, like the the, the crazy car builders, yep. the uh, the ones building all these uh, the, these crazy SEMA vehicles and and setting the bar really high. Iaska and, 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 and Iaska, you're right. So what is that International Auto the Sound Competition, Sound Competition Association. Association? Yeah, exactly. And, and so all the guys that we used to hang with in the '90s. Like they've either grown up and got out of the industry, or the industry pushed them out, and it's yes. and it's kind of closed down. So it's just a cottage thing, where 
in my day job, people ask me, hey, where do I, I want to get some gauges, some little, you know, two to 16th round boost gauges. Where do they get? And they go, well, how do I mount them? What do I do with them? And I'm like, well, call up a car stereo shop and they'll make you, a, they can make you a mm-hmm. custom uh, fiberglass A pillar. And then I, and then I, and then I have to stop and think, oh crap, this guy lives in Missouri. I don't even know, like, who, how is he yes. going to get one of these, right? So, not that there aren't any in Missouri, but like the, the, the industry has shrunk for sure. And that's because, Ultimately, the OE equipment has gotten so much better. Correct. Right? So, And uh, more integrated into the vehicle. Whether you have a head unit that is part of the dash, sometimes the head unit is part of the HVAC controls. Sometimes, I mean, just a million. So I think it's part of it is they've gotten better, but they're also literally a piece of interior trim on the car now it in, a is. Lot of, in a lot of cases. Everything's modular now, and they talk to each other. That's the main thing, and that's what makes it difficult to make a universal solution for one thing. And so people, like in the aftermarket, through the the aids of different companies like AAMP, and so they, they have interfaces that allow them to put aftermarket. But it's still tedious because there's a lot of modules you have to use and so on. Our whole idea was... You got something already that's good. It looks great. It functions like the way you want it to function. It's got Apple CarPlay. It's got Android Auto, whatever. Why take it away? You know. Uh, and at the end of the day, if we could make it perform like it's its full capability, then enough said. All right. Take me through the system component by component um, out in the the JL that we just listened to. Sure. The I will say that. You would expect me to say it was crystal clear, and it was, but the staging was amazing. So, for example, what I mean is that when you close your eyes, you should hear the singer in front of you and not behind you. You should hear the singer and hopefully the snare drum, the hi-hat in front of you. It's supposed to feel like you're at a concert. Correct. You, mean, you don't turn around with your back to the stage, right? That's Thank not you. the way you watch a concert. Yes. It should be in front of you. And it should be in front Man, of you. I've been your... doing it wrong. You have been. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I haven't found any shows I liked. Well, that's why they're always uh, yelling at you down in front. <laughs> the guy looking towards the back. I thought that was the name of a dude who was following Listen, me around you, all these shows. You're not supposed to look at the guy mixing you know, the board behind. Yeah, right? but I, I look at you mixing the board every time we do a podcast. <laughs> I'm just you're, used to it. You're just used to it. Yeah. You're like, no, home and Turn around. The band's over there, right? Yes. You paid all this money. So um, it's it's all in front of you. And that's especially hard to do when you have a uh, – the subwoofer almost always has yep. to go in the yep. back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you make the subwoofer – again, the guy with the kick drum, you go see Imagine Dragons, right? And Dan is not behind you. Dan is up there beating that giant drum yes. in front of you on stage. And that's the way you hear it. All those giant JBL speakers hanging from the stage, it's all Correct. in front of you. So now you got a car, we have to put this giant 10 inch subwoofer in the back. And so it's the front half of the car going and the back half, boom. Front, back, boom. And it's it's it, it screws with your head and it's actually, it's tiresome after a while. Correct. And so you've got to add time alignment and yes. and and change with the and correct all the speakers for where you think the driver's sitting you do that all digitally so take us through this JL and how you made it sound so amazing and i didn't at one point ever hear the interior rattle yes and i had it all the way to 30 which is max 38 much. i'll go to 38 38, yeah, 38. 38. We listened to ACDC Back in Black. We listened to some crazy pop music was crap that you had. And then we listened <laughs> to, we just went through a bunch of different songs, different different genres to hear the strumming of guitars, 
And, and I had a chance and, to spend about an hour, well, what, Daniel, an hour and a half. Probably 90 minutes. Man. Yeah. Just and uh, PCH. Yep. We, he came to my house. Oh, to, wait, you guys cruised PCH? We did. Oh, yeah, did you dude. get coffee? We did, No, we did or not did get you, coffee. Did you get there a beer? No Although I was ready for some boba, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, okay. Um, but no, we uh, we cruised. I, I played all sorts of weird stuff. I think Daniel was looking at me going, seriously, that's on your iPod? You know, like, <laughs> it's a little bit embarrassing, but I knew there it was the, good cuts. they were yeah. the right songs to uh, really experience the yeah, uh, deep cuts. The system. Yeah. So uh, and I and I sat out there and I'm and it's some some serious geekery. I pull out my uh, my tone generator app on my iPhone, yes, and basically it starts at 10 hertz, and you can sweep all the way through 20,000 hertz. And normally, an audio system will have great peaks and great valleys. It'll just be really high in, say, 200K, and then really low, just up and down and up and down. Very, very flat. So meaning that I was very happy with the response, the overall volume of the tonal volume all the way through. And that is so, so hard. hard to do in a vehicle because you've got all these resonant frequencies. So the, the, the vehicle wants to resonate it wants to make its own noise it's basically you've all seen a tuning fork and they hold a tuning fork against a wine glass and the wine glass explodes correct it's because that's the resonant frequency of the glass and it just shatters on its own right mm -hmm. it, that can happen in every vehicle the body panels the 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 jl what is it hey, holman what's the top of the jl made out of fiberglass is it fiberglass so it, it just i would have it's, it's a basically a composite resin. i was expecting that at some point because that sub you've loaded in the back is way more powerful than I expected. And I expected for that fiberglass roof above my head to start vibrating mm -hmm. where I could hear it. More than just an ambient brr. I was waiting to hear it go brr, brr, like in a mini truck back in 1989. Yes. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. never happened. So this is the world's longest question, but how did you pull that off? Take us through it. Well, fundamentally, what we try to do is understand how the vehicle behaves, the, particularly the sound system. So the first thing we always do with any new vehicle that we do is we measure the vehicle. And we measure it extensively. We basically go through everything with just measuring just the front dash speakers, the front door speakers. And how, and how do you do that for people who don't know? Uh, we have a, a microphone or what do you do? Yes, we have a six array microphone that we use that is... Uh, six array microphone? Yes. What does that even mean? It's a bit proprietary, but the bottom line is utilizes oh, six individual microphones. Yeah, he does. It's it's a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Okay, that's steak. But <laughs> those are the name of the uh, two of the six cameras. There you go. And this one's salt. <laughs> this one's pepper. <laughs> there you go. Well, the bottom line is that measurements tell you one thing, but the reality is that it's this is all practical, old school stuff. You look at how what the vehicles do, and you look at how the vehicles laid out, and then you you, you try to understand that. Hey, listen, this is as much as you can get. Set a goal for yourself on that and say, okay, if we can get this much output of this, this smooth output, good. But, but the most important thing that I always tell people is that it's the sum of the components and then how you basically make them work together. So we start very, very raw. You know, we don't use an off-the-shelf speaker. Uh, at the end of the day, we will try to to uh, engineer as much of the content we have in every one of our sound systems. So. There are fundamental things that we follow in the way we design speakers. So based on that, we have what we call very neutral speakers. So wherever you put them, they're not going to immediately have an... Uh, they're, they're not too bright for some areas, or they're not... They're not influential. Yeah, okay. They're not going so to color the, the you, music. You guys tend to tune your system with the philosophy of... You don't know what kind of music they're bringing, exactly. whether it's compressed, whether it's a streaming service, yep. whether it's a, a full uh, resolution file. Yes. And so the philosophy you have and sort of the, the, the O plus sound, if you will, is that you don't try and 
um, shade the music to any one direction. You leave it pretty much basic and allow the person to use the EQ setting or whatever they want to adjust it to their liking. And let the recording speak for itself. Sure. That's why it's important that, like, it doesn't feel overproduced. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm a very minimalist person. So my approach to this is simple is best. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you start with great speakers because they're performing very flat, they do what, what I mean by that is very smooth response. They've got basically, you know, and, and in terms of a, of a of a of a of a four inch speaker, if it can go low, uh, as much as a four speaker physically can do so, then you know you got the recipe of something that's going to work from the get go because you have all of this capability of that speaker that you can extract as you go along. But the reality is that if you start basically with good components and then, and then make sure that you know, the fixtures that go into the vehicle, whether they go in the factory location, that they are correct and they, they're not compromised, they're sealed properly, all of these little things add up. Well, if you look at your, your speaker componentry and, and you really, on the website, you talk about an ensemble versus individual parts. You design correct. a system as a whole yes. with a holistic approach. You don't design it as... Well, these are the best speakers that we can fit here, and these are the best. Spe- you do the best speakers that will work together as a team, right? We are an oddity in the in the in the car audio business that we offer one style or basically one series of speakers. Sure. Okay. And and to us, it's the speakers have to be the very best for what we can offer. You know, for the package that we're doing, the power rating and everything else. That is, well, you know, I didn't think about that. Is that. Uh, if you look at all the, the Rockfords, the Alpines, the Kenwoods, the, the Pioneers, everybody, Sony's, they've all got the inexpensive entry level. Yes. And then they've got the Type R's or whatever whatever yes. it is, right? The nice stuff. And uh, so, but you're like, no, it is what it is. It's This is this is our minimum threshold for quality. Yes. Well, and if you look at their speakers, um, carbon fiber, I mean, just the way the uh, the housings are. No, no, that's a wrap. They just, they take it down to daily. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's one of the hydro, hydro dip? A hydro dip, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so, it's totally no, so, <laughs> so the cone material yeah. on the woofers and the mids and stuff is 100% carbon fiber. Which weave. is amazing quality. They look great, even though they're, they're going to be hidden behind something, right? Which is sad. Which is sad because they're, they're great looking. But you even include the foam to make sure that you're sealing the speakers up against the enclosure. Yes. And then you also have your speakers, the housings they sit in. Are correct because some manufacturers have three screws and not four. When you mm-hmm. go and get the aftermarket speaker, you have to bend two ears and you can only use two of the four in order to get it in. Or that, you have to drill a hole. No, you got to use uh, <laughs> tin snips, inch, no, and three quarter inch MDF. And yeah, you got to yeah. cut, a, cut a circle saw hole in it. And, and you guys are providing the the correct mounting uh, pattern so that these drop yeah. directly into the and uh, the OE. correct factory connector. And the correct factory connector. So you don't run wires. You don't no. snip anything. You don't have to worry plug, about the spade connector being the wrong size. Because a lot of times, or you get polarity, a, or polarity. <laughs> I mean, I've seen where you've get you've gotten something like a uh, you guys adapter all, adapter harness where the polarity is reversed from what it should be because somebody installed it wrong. The pins wrong from the factory. At the factory. You yeah. got you've got it's it all happened. wrong. You've got it all wrong. It's no butt connectors, no piece. No connectors, no piece. Well, I've I've seen installs where you have the actual harness, and then you get the speaker that you want to use, and you find out that there's not even a standardized butt connector available. Yep. Right? Somebody has too small on the speakers, too big on the harness, and you're like, well, now I got to cut the harness up and put a different butt connector on just to use it with the speaker. You're going, shouldn't I shouldn't have to do all this? I know it's not hard, but it's annoying. 
Again, I, I, you know, I, I really gotta give the credit to my roots that when I started at Boston Acoustics and the, the experience I've had at Boston Acoustics that we carried that whole concept of system rather than you know the ensemble rather than the, the components because the way that approach was has always been if you have all of these elements working together the amp working properly with the with the speakers the tweeter and the woofer and the mid working together in harmony then your tuning will be so much simpler and easier and the biggest problem that most systems have is they're overtuned and because they're trying to compensate you know you use this brand tweeter you use this brand woofer yeah. and the, you know their output ratings their sensitivity ratings which is basically how loud a speaker would play with one watt of input could be up to five, six dB different, then how do you catch up? Well, well, how about this? How about just looking at not even where the manufacturers are starting, but in the aftermarket, if you've got a vehicle like the Wrangler that has, uh, you know, three and a halfs and it has fours and it, it has tweeters and all this different stuff, and on the high-end system with the nine speakers, it's, you add a 10-inch sub and some uh, extra componentry. But when you go in the aftermarket, there's not one company that makes a complete set of speaker replacements. Correct. Yeah, you have to do three or four companies in order to fill all that. And it's like, how could you ever get that system to sound right if the materials on the speakers aren't even the same? Well, so, Sandy, I want you to answer that, but also take us through that JL system. Sure. So, basically, the way the JL layout is, is that it's got front and rear speakers. Uh, you got the front dash speakers, which is there's two on the very top of the dash and two on enclosures that are on basically the front of the dashboard. One on the left, one on the right. Driver's side, passenger which point, side. Which point and this is, is the base system, right. not the Alpine premium system. Yes. So we're starting with the base system. Yeah, so configuration-wise, they're identical. The difference between the Alpine system and the base system is, of course, the Alpine. It's got the Alpine speakers and the Alpine amplifier, which is a 12-channel amplifier. Okay. No and, kidding. And the yeah, sub. Yeah. And so the sub. twelve it, channel with any processing on it? Yes, yeah. it's got a DSP processor, okay, on it, and okay. they, it's a tuned system. Okay. So the, the, the engineers have tuned it to the way Jeep wants it to, to sound, and and then like I, I mentioned earlier, it's got a ten inch four coil subwoofer. And why four coil? Because it's a way to package an amplifier with even power across, and then by multiple channels driving the woofer. Because there's the equivalent four power. channels that go to the amp, yes, right? Yeah. So basically, that's how you're getting the power to drive the amp is through four channels of the amplifier power going to it. Yeah, so you have a 12-channel, and four of those channels go to the sub, and then the others go to the individual speakers. So you have one channel going to the tweeter in the left front, tweeter on the right front, uh, mid on the left front, you know, et cetera. So that's how it is. Uh, our situation was basically we looked at the base model, which is powered by the radio. There's no amplifier, and that's more conventional. So, in other words, your your three and a half inch twiddler, we call it, because yeah, it kind of <laughs> kind of substitutes for a mid range tweeter, and your four inch enclosed woofer are wired together in parallel, and basically they just play within their range of sound. There, those speakers were designed to have certain natural cutoffs, so they work together. So we took that, that, that whole thing and evaluated all of these components and came up with a selection of speakers. Well, first of all, we're using our, our standard tweeter there, which is our, our proven uh, soft dome tweeter. And basically, we, 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 we used a special four-inch speaker that we recently co-developed and decided that that's going to be the, the, the perfect match for that enclosure. So 
the, the Jeeps, the JLs, and I think the JKs also, have these enclosures in the front dash that are actually ported. So oh, really, yeah. yeah. So the four inch acts like a mid base because of that porting. They're able to get decent low end. I think on the stock system you can get it down to about uh, seventy hertz or or sixty hertz. But our system with this four with our four inch in combination with this enclosure is tuned to forty eight hertz. Well, for a four inch driver, yeah, no, yeah, well no. you heard it. Well, you experienced it, yeah. That's why the base feels so up front, uh, blending with the subwoofer in the rear of the vehicle. No, you guys are uh, both looking at me lying right to my face right now. Mm-hmm. No, 40 hertz on that? 48 little, hertz. 48 hertz. Yeah. It's, That's it's, super low it's, for 4-inch. Yeah. That ain't true! Mm. That's not true! That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, so so anyway, so what we did is that we, we, we I think I wanted to take two steps uh, backwards, is that prior to all of these decisions on, on, oh, on landing on. the speaker. Wait, wait, to do go that, ahead. we have to go back in time here. <laughs> <laughs> So we measured the car, the, the vehicle stock, and looked at the performance of the individual speakers and decided to benchmark the factory speaker to everything that we have in-house and decided to see what and competing product too, just to understand, okay, what is out there and what can we do to make it better? And based on that evaluation through an independent lab, we didn't do it ourselves. I wanted some unbiased mm-hmm. feedback uh, you know, from uh, acoustic engineers that really understood you know, the science of testing it, gave us basically the basis of how, you know, what speaker to come up with. And voila, the result is what you heard today. I wouldn't even know where you go to find like an audiologist or somebody or an, an, acu- yeah, or an acoustic engineer these I like days. That. I didn't know they still existed. but They do. Uh, and, and so you bring it to this, this uh, acoustic engineer and they hang a mic or something where the driver would sit and they, they evaluate it for they you. They have a room. Something uh, like that. Oh, yeah. they're putting it in a yeah, room. Yeah, they have a semi-anechoic oh, oh, chamber. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. sorry. This is not happening in the vehicle. This no, is not yet. Not yet. No, no, we're just testing to speak. But now you have your pick of the litter when it comes to – there are a million companies that make speakers, right? I mean – Yes. I don't know. But only four of them that make good ones. No, but I mean, like, you do have so many. You could open up a catalog. Well, you could say that with uh, amps as well, right? Well, what I'm what I'm going to ask is, did you make your own, or did you were you able to pick from the myriad of high-end speakers that are already out there? We made our own for all of our, our core products. Yeah. That's, that started from the ground up. They're all ground up designs. Uh, we couldn't see anything that would fit the profile of what we needed. There was a specific formula we wanted to follow, and and without getting too much into detail of that, that nothing met off the sh- off the shelf. Nothing it really could, it really goes that. back to Sean's question earlier about why manufacturers don't have vehicle specific sound solutions. I mean, because again, that that's that's the headache that you're experiencing with why can't I just replace it? Yeah, and it takes an intentionality on our part not right. only to have well components specific for the vehicle from a mounting from a connectivity standpoint, but also made specifically for each other. Uh, one inch soft dome tweeter that's you know calibrated and engineered with a four inch speaker in mind and with our ten inch uh, woofer in mind, so that you get that synergy that's accomplished. Yes complemented uh, and, and perfected with the tuning, but just in and of itself component-wise. So uh, it, it takes a lot of intentionality to get that level of results. More importantly, Daniel, can you uh, say you're listening to the Truck Show podcast? Listen to his voice. Try, you're try listening to the Truck Show podcast with Listen Lightning to that baritone voice he's got there. <laughs> you're listening to the... <laughs> <laughs> you can't even pull it off. I can't if I stay here. in this room with you for very much longer. That's the voice of OEM Audio Plus. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> exactly. OEM Audio Plus. I mean, no, nobody ever explained where the plus came from. So, 
we figured we added the plus because eventually somewhere somehow someday we may want to expand beyond car audio oh and airplanes and boats navigation no oh, oh living rooms oh, we'll oh just, no we'll I mean, just leave the mystery we'll just leave mystery. it open into like think okay. of all the things yeah. you put audio yeah. in yeah. That's oh. for that's for the next oh. podcast. <laughs> that's Dan- for the airplane show podcast. Daniel, take us through the buying experience. I've got what vehicle and yeah. how can I upgrade it and where do I go? Yeah, we're most predominantly known, uh, as, as Sandy mentioned, we launched with the Scion line of vehicles. Um, but that's clearly been overshadowed by our Toyota line of vehicles, uh, just from popularity. Really embraced by the Toyota community uh, with the Tacomas, uh, the 4Runner. Uh, those were really kind of our, our heavy hitters on the Toyota line. From there, obviously, we've seen the success of the FJ Cruiser, the Tundra, and uh, even serving the Toyota 86, uh, the FRS platform, as well as the Subaru BRZ. And there's actually a story there because that actually brought us into the Subaru line of vehicles with the BRZ uh, FRS 86 collaboration. Ah. So we we serve on the Subaru platform, uh, the WRX, the SDI, uh, the Forester, as well as the Crosstrek as a result. Uh, And then, as you know, uh, launching with the Jeep platform, as well as the Ford Mustangs also in the pipeline. So will uh, the Jeep be your first foray into the FCA products? And can we expect... RAM and things like that to follow since some of the uh, technology behind them is the same? Without question. Yeah, like without that. question. Yeah. We, we like leveraging our parts bin. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Oh, man. When you, when you can, absolutely. I, I've <laughs> gone on your website and uh, I've, I've read a couple of reviews and I, I've seen in the forums how much people love your systems when they get them installed, especially the Tacoma guys. The Tacoma guys are, are yeah. all about it. Uh, and you have uh, different systems for the base system and the JBL system, and so you're able to even upgrade mm-hmm. their factory upgrade. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to read a couple of these comments. One is, uh, the sound is fantastic and exactly what I was looking for. The speakers are so much better. At one point in my install, all I had done was swap out the rears and the dash tweeters and had to stop due to weather. I could hear a huge difference in the tweeters already. Prior, I could often max my volume and wish there was more. Now I'm happy in the 40 to 45 range, and the sound's incredible. The sound is so crisp. The mids just punch you, and the bass is great. It won't blow you out your windows, but it'll shake your rearview mirror. The sound is so much better. So the guy says, uh, first off, the install went amazingly well. Um, I took extra time to make sure everything was done right. Let's see. He says, uh, the best part was it was for my exact vehicle, not a one-size-fits-all. That I really appreciated. Now let's talk sound. Wow. It's very good. It makes whatever I'm listening to come alive, and it's just fun to have a sound system that makes you want to go out and drive around. Thank you for doing a great job with the whole sound system, mm-hmm. but mostly for your excellent support. And there was one other one that I saw in here. Uh, this oh, one right it, here. It, it said, yeah, buddy. He may have. Uh, I was reading, and one, uh, one of the people had written said that they had done the install uh, and drove around for 45 minutes and then parked in their driveway and continued listening for another 45 minutes before yep. they went in the yep. house because they liked it so much. I yeah. bet you hear that guy, uh, quite often. We, we do, uh, where they, they end up just spending an extended listening experience, uh, like like you said, in the driveway or even finding an excuse to do uh, a little bit of a road drive. So, uh, guys, take us through an install. What can I expect if I – because I'm putting this in myself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you need a blowtorch, uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> dikes. 670 um, butt connectors. Yeah, you also need a, uh, well, what, a, a well, ream of 10-gauge – 
and uh, also uh, another uh, role of uh, like no a thirty gauge. What about a, a wire fish? Like a, yeah, like yeah, a, a coat hanger. Fish, coat hanger. Yeah, they yeah. include that with every uh, every product. You can get the coat okay, hanger. What about the uh, the blue T taps? So I can tap into. Uh, no, they moved, they've moved those, on right? from that. Right. They just okay. lay additional wiring over that, so mm-hmm. you don't need to T tap. Mm-hmm. And what it does is confuse you in the uh, in the future as to what all that extra wiring is for. What about the Harbor Freight black electrical tape that has very little stickum? So as soon as you put it on, it starts unwrapping. No, no, no. no. What happens is when it gets hot, it actually gets more sticky. Oh, okay. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and they also provide you an extra battery since the it's you gonna know, drain your battery. Drain it, yeah, okay, absolutely, it. right? Is, is oh, wait, that, is that not you guys? Oh, that's <laughs> the other guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so a typical install. Uh, I mean, again, it's going to be systematic. Uh, we're like like Sandy touched on earlier. It's very modular. Uh, so we want to do section by section. There's no reason for your vehicle to be in complete pieces. Uh, one of the first factors that's going to be involved in installation is our our installation content. Uh, One of the things early on that we had a conviction about is ensuring that we had step-by-step guides that empowered the guy or gal that, frankly, wouldn't consider tackling car audio. But meanwhile, they have a Phillips screwdriver, they have a 10-millimeter, they have a 14-millimeter, and thus they can do the whole installation. Maybe some crimp tool would be necessary. Panel popper. connector. Yeah, panel popper is uh, invaluable. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, we've they're had testimonies. They're my favorite band when I'm listening to OEM Panel Poppers. Plus is they're the K-pop, pop, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're very. Uh, well, they, they're, they're, they're actually death metal now, though. Oh, death metal. Yeah, oh, what happened? Band. Well, they, they as kids they were a poppy band, and then you know as time progressed they got angry, and uh, <laughs> really got angry. Never changed their name though. <laughs> Total change in act, yeah. but they sound good on okay. any uh, OEM Audio Plus system. Does it kill you guys that uh, people stream their music <laughs> at their just awful MP3s? And no, the, it only kills you. Is it just me? Like <laughs> the fact that just muse the quality of music. So here's why I ask: because you have a, a, a platform that I was not aware of, uh, Sandy, that you were playing on your on your uh, your iPhone, but just the quality of MP3s mm-hmm. is just god awful. And, you know, people complained when it went to CDs. CD was great. And then it's just, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And Spotify is probably one of the better ones. Or I know Tidal, we talked about, mm-hmm. they yes. stream mm-hmm. Flack mm-hmm. Audio, which is basically lossless. You had some other program you're using, another service. I hope um, I don't. Uh, it's pronounced Cobuz? Cubuz? Cobuz? Q- I don't know. It's Q O B U Z. Okay. Another one of the high-res streaming uh, services that are out there. I mean, Jay, like you said, source is king uh, at the end of the day. I mean, obviously the quality of the recording that you have is going to improve. But I I guess I'm asking you as just dudes who make audio equipment, really high-end, great-sounding audio equipment. He's baiting you into saying you guys are as angry as he is because basically he wants validation that he's not crazy. I I want you to validate me, yes. It it frustrated me to know in that the 2020 Tacoma or the Toyota line got rid of the CD player as well as the auxiliary cable, Right. which, again, are two platforms. Know that the yeah, source material is yep. going to be ass. Well, I, mean, I, I don't mean, actually well, think that's technically true. Yeah, it's you plug, I mean, you plug <laughs> into your ass. Is that what you do? Yes, that's but, what you but do. But at the same time, luckily, Very basic when luckily you do that. the streaming services have gotten better. I mean, again, with uh, with paid premium services, obviously, on uh, the Spotify platform, the Pandora, t- some of the which, which we named, uh, mm-hmm. and as well as Spelled, uh, th- those options do allow for you to get that level of listening experience, whether it be CD quality or, or FLAC or even beyond. Um, beyond flack, but you understand what I mean by that. Yeah. So luckily the streaming services have rised to the equation to allow the deletion yes. of some of the old media. Okay. So you don't uh, have a sun visor with 37 uh, CDs and uh, <laughs> no. tucked up in there like no, I, that's I did just, once? that's you. That's just well, you. I remember my first disc man that played through a cassette adapter on uh, my uh, 87 Honda Accord LXI. 
I think the one thing about uh, you know the CD, for example, that is invaluable that some of the media services may struggle from is is in terms of troubleshooting with a customer. And what I mean by that is there's so many EQs that are built on the phone, on the player itself, where again you don't know if they're hearing flat. Going back to that, if the source has been altered, and so is the system reproducing the EQ of that MP3 that's compressed five times over. Or, okay, let's put a CD in there and verify, hey, okay, we're hearing yeah. what we're supposed to be hearing. All right, well, let's go back. I'm source material. You. Source I'm material, saving you. source material. All right, going back to, like, the componentry of a typical system. So I'm looking at the uh, the JBL replacement for a, a current generation Tacoma. So multi-channel 64-bit DSP amplifier, high-resolution signature sound, which is what you guys program into, process, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, complete speaker replacement, Tacoma-specific subwoofer system. Uh, and you even have a dual subwoofer option, mm-hmm. and then you include a quick sync wiring harness to make sure that everything's literally yes. plug and play. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good, you know, that's the higher end system, but that's a pretty good walkthrough of what you can expect when you go and and you know engage you guys to upgrade your sound system. And uh, and Daniel, a Tacoma system takes me how many hours to put in roughly? If oh, I, if I'm wow. a novice, novice, uh, give yourself three to four hours. That's it. That's it. Okay. And their yeah. top of the line system, sixteen hundred bucks. For all that, that's that's pretty damn good. That is really, that's inexpensive for all that you're getting. I mean, that's a for lot, all the a lot of content. I think uh, Sandy, you may have made a misstep and priced your stuff too low. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but you have to think of it this way: that guy has already paid for the JBL upgrade, right? So, well, how much more is he willing to pay to upgrade mm. the upgrade? Well, and that particular system that you read is actually for the non-JBL. Just, oh, okay, non Yeah, just okay. to clarify, uh, JBL system for the Tacoma is actively in development, and we actually have a substantial waiting list of the folks that have been waiting for that, and it's literally uh, fired up at the shop right now. So yeah, that, it that's, is awesome. That, that's something that's been anticipated for because uh, again, like I you, inadvertently broke. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> well, and, and, and Sean, like you mentioned, I mean, the the forums have been critical to our our growth uh, because again, it was very grassroots. I mean, we didn't start advertising. Somebody like a year somebody ago. just jumped me into a uh, Toyota forum. Oh no, it was what's his head jumped me into a forum group. Uh, forum to- they put to- you in? Toyota forum. Rory jumps me in to uh-huh. a forerunner forum. Oh, Rory, uh, who ran for city council on Corona. <laughs> yes. So that's a weird callback because I edited out the part right. where I screwed up. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. So. Yeah, and, and, and the guys are very, very active on this group, on this Facebook group. Oh, Just yeah. crazy, crazy Oh, so it's a Facebook group. That is a Facebook oh, okay, group. Yes, yeah, the yes. forums are, no, that's the for- The forums n- are getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's for 90-year-olds. No, I'm talking about <laughs> the Facebook group. Yeah, but those are the guys that have money, so, you, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know the yeah, Facebook group. but the groups are, are, they're huge. And yeah. again, they egg each other on, and again, you're, you're influenced and you're inspired accordingly. But go on, you're in this group now. I'm just saying <laughs> is that I can imagine how much, uh, if you've got a great system on there, yeah. or you're you're a fan of a product and you go and start trumpeting it, mm-hmm. you'll start seeing orders tick in. Yeah. I mean, we we have... Sorry. Well, no, no, no. I mean, and that's uh, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, going back to uh, again, because I know Sean was reading off uh, the, the, the component list for that particular product. Yeah. Uh, and really what, what I was going with with the JBL is because of the feedback on Tacoma World about the product we were offering, the JBL Tacoma owners. owners have been reaching out to us for two, three years. And oh what is gosh. it about? And, and so, Daniel, what is it about the JBL system that? Because as I say the what words, makes it different, right? Well, no. What I'm yeah. saying is, we think of JBL as being a high, high end system, right? So, mm-hmm. a lot how of can our you listeners make that better. Yeah, like why? That sounds like you've already bought the best system. Well, and it goes back to the conversation we were having earlier. Unfortunately, uh, and I'm trying to find the best. Uh, 
uh, diplomatic. Yeah, that's the word, the diplomatic way of saying it. But uh, they find the factory, quote unquote, premium options to be lacking, lackluster. It, it doesn't deliver. It leaves them wanting. And, and you can name the brand, insert the make here. Uh, that seems to be a trend that we're seeing with all the models that we've ser- served thus far, where there's just. You remember how yep. basically you'd buy like a uh, Honda Accord or a Toyota Camry and probably all the way up to like the mid 90s mm-hmm. and they had no bass. Right, it was all treble. Yep, and that's what everybody hated. And then, and then you'd have Bose would be like no highs and no lows. Right, Bose was just right down the middle. And in uh, a lot of GM vehicles, there's a lot of people driving their GM truck right now, and they're going, "Oh, Bose, no highs, no lows." Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, it got better where there was actually bass sort of became. But I feel like the automotive industry actually got too bassy for a while, where they catered to that whim, but then you actually lost the music. Yep. And I felt like they've now they've pulled back and they have a fairly balanced system in most vehicles, uh, especially if you get the premium. Yep. But it's balanced down here. Yep. And you want it to be balanced, but you want it up here so there's more clarity on the high end and you can pump that volume Holman higher. Holman is making, and, and, uh, waving his hands. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. yeah. commentate on it. Yeah. 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 Talk yeah. about <laughs> stage heights. Yes. It's funny because we went through like the um, Beats headphone era in car oh, yeah. stereo. Right. Sure did. Because, yeah. because every kid was wearing Beats headphones for, and they wanted and, that and, bassy and, response, and they wanted that. And me as an audiophile, well, I'm not a real audiophile. I just play one on TV. But I like I look going, and my kids want them. Everyone, I go, that's the worst audio ever. Like that's just it's just muffled mm-hmm. yeah. crap. And they all wanted them because Interscope Records produced every. Oh, and all their album. favorite artists. They, were they also them. produced muffled crap. Uh, too, yeah, for a no. While. Well, Interscope, so they owned a big chunk of you know beats, mm. and so their mm. artists had to promote those, right. and they exploded, and they were. But it affected it affected people's listening tastes. It absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. and so that was reflected in the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like, unless you're in like. Uh, I guess a good example would be like a uh, Mark Levinson system and like a, a Lexus LS mm-hmm. 400 or something like that. That and even some of the uh, Lincolns have like a, a really close to audio file. Revel. Level. Okay. Uh, those. It's a Harman brand. All of these are, are all Harman, Harman owns the world. Okay. Then. So uh, those systems are amazing, but you're also talking about a, a close to hundred thousand dollar car in a lot of places, or even or even more than that today. There's that in between of I want premium, I want good sound, but I don't need to. I'm not an audiophile. Our, our original concept for this was that, as you were saying, Sean, most people are not cannot afford the top of the line right. model. You know, you can't afford the 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 what's the Dodge Ram top of the line. Uh, they have Harman. Yeah, yeah, with a stainless and, steel and, speaker. Great. Yeah, 900 so, watt, 19 speaker. Yeah. Holy crap! So you're talking. And it sounds good too, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So when you're talking about somebody who has to come in on entry level or mid level, they cannot buy the JBL. They cannot yeah. buy the Infinity or whatever system it is. So our idea was, can we just can bring in something that's close, yeah. or maybe a little bit better sure. if we can. And and give them that ability to do so without spending a ton of and money without and without cutting up their car. Yeah, it's got to be hard to because uh, I work for a company that produces uh, products very slowly, mm-hmm. a lot very methodically, and so I remember talking to you a long time ago, Sandy, when you were again back in the most days. Yep. And and I think it was just as you were getting in this OE thing. Yes. And you had like I'm going to go for these couple cars. And it took you a really long time it to did. get this off the ground. I mean, to really roll out. And you still have a pretty select, you know, line of products. Yes. And um, and it's because it's a monumental task, mm-hmm. right? So 
when you're buying an OEM Audio Plus system, there is a ton of R&D that's gone into it. A ton. Like, it would stun you. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, they, these are completely engineered holistic systems. You guys haven't gone to the audio store and then cherry-picked what you think are the best components that Correct. will fit them. This is a tuned system that is designed to work together. You can't just buy the front stage or front speakers or the subwoofer from you guys. It's a complete system that's designed to work as one whole, uh, a teamwork of uh, componentry. It's all in the detail, Sean. If you look at the speaker, and you mentioned a couple of features of our speakers, you know, uh, if you look at it, we tooled those to work in Toyota specifically. We tool our so, speakers uh, to work even specifically the, for so Jeep. The basket and everything. The basket is for Toyota only. No kidding. Yeah. So the innards. That's not cheap. It's not. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Now, are and they is, are they steel or are they aluminum or what? Are you injection using? molded. They're all injection molded, OE certified. The, the ba- so the baskets are a plastic polymer. A polymer. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That is that meets Toyota's uh, specification. Yeah. For for production line content, and it's 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 important to do that because you incorporate a lot of the features that makes the speaker work properly: the spacing, the mounting, the connectivity. You talked about rattling, okay? That's the number one thing. If it, that thing is sealed against the door properly and sealed against the door mm-hmm. panel properly because the spacing and everything, the foam gasket is all correct, you minimize the rattling, okay? That, that's it. Then the rest, you can tune out. Magic of electronics. Let's get back to uh, the Jeep JL system that yep, you guys yep, are yep. kind of debuted with us. What's the timing of when that system goes in production and when can people get it? And will you have a system for the Gladiator as well since there's a lot of similarities there? Ooh, wow. Right question. I think that's perfect. Sandy, go ahead. Fire away. Sandy's just smiling right now. (laughs) Boily. It's like you cued him up to hit a homer. Well, He knows he's going to knock it out of the park. I hope so. Our intent is really to have this product available for uh, early Christmas uh, season. So uh, we've been working it constantly for Mm -hmm. a few months now. And uh, yes, and the Gladiator system will be launched at the same time. In fact, it's very special to us because the way that enclosure setup that we did on that is just gonna blow people's minds and how it it, it integrates into the vehicle Mm -hmm. and how it's designed in theme with the Jeep. Sandy, you're teasing me. Oh yes. Tell us more about it, Sandy. Oh, it's hard to to describe (laughs) it, except you gotta see it to appreciate Mm -hmm. it. But the bottom line is what you heard on the Wrangler mm-hmm. is exactly the sound signature you're going to hear on a Gladiator. All I'm hearing, Holman, is Embargo. All I'm it's hearing embargoed. is uh, <laughs> we're going to have to have him back, apparently, because mm. he's got more news to break, especially if you uh, start expanding throughout the FCA family. Absolutely. Then uh, Absolutely. I think this won't be the last time that we talk to you guys. Absolutely. Congratulations. Sandy, this has been uh, a tremendous amount of work for you. It is. But it's a it's a crime of passion, as I say. It absolutely when is. When was the last time you two saw each other? Twenty eleven? Twenty twelve? No. No more? No, no, no. It's been sooner than that. Okay. Because we I ran into you at another SEMA, like just when you were talking to somebody else in a booth. Yes. So uh, not a not a hang, but like oh, a, well, yeah, what's yeah. up? Uh, Jay was the one that slapped you on the butt as he went by. I think I might have pinched him. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I grabbed okay. a handful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, I uh, really appreciate you uh, bringing it down so that we could hear it. And Daniel, appreciate you bringing it by so Absolutely. I could have uh, you know a, a nice long ninety-minute uh, listening session because I, I was really impressed as somebody who drives a Wrangler with the premium audio system in it to hear the basic audio system with your upgrade. It's incredibly close. And in do you some feel like it? Better. Well, no. We just, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I feel like I, I don't. Uh, hopefully, there's no one from FCA listening, but I think it 
Like, was a little better than your stock system. Yeah, well, the, I, I would say that the stock system, uh, the premium sound system on the JL, is a little bit fuller because of all the extra speakers, but it doesn't have the range. Once you get the volume up, it gets really muddy on the high end, uh, especially with the wind noise and road noise, where I felt like on this vehicle, maybe it wasn't as full in places because you're working with less speakers, mm-hmm. but the sound quality... And really what I was impressed with is it feels like the front stage moved up about six to eight inches on the dash. It no longer feels like it's by your knees. It feels like it's by the dash pad. Uh, and also how clearly the vocals and especially the strings would you can pull out of the very, music. Very, crisp very crisp and alive. Right, right. Um, I, and I, did, I thought it was bright, but I didn't think that it was overwhelmingly bright. I thought it was, in it's a sense... open. It was open. Okay, I'll go with that. So I, I was very impressed. And then... Also, one of our guys here, we did a story at uh, Truck Trend with the Forerunner system. Oh yes, and yes, uh, it, Jason's Forerunner, mm-hmm. it's it sounds unbelievable. I mean, it's it's really incredible. If you're a Toyota guy, you've got a Forerunner, you got a Tacoma, an FJ, a Tundra, and you're looking for audio upgrade. If you want something that is designed to all work together, really take a look at these guys because it's it's impressive. OEM Audio Plus dot com. Beautiful. Fantastic, Thank guys. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you for uh, hanging in the parking lot this entire time. <laughs> oh, o- outside over this Skype connection. <laughs> That's right. Or whatever we're using. <laughs> can, I, can I take my mask off? Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah you exactly. can. Just, just so you can breathe. Yeah, no. Honestly, thanks for hanging in our sweat box. <laughs> <laughs> Holman, how you feeling about diving into the mailbag? Let's do it. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. All right, Holman, I'm going to start this one if you don't mind. Are you still dancing? Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. I would pay money for you guys to be able to see Holman over here. Just uh, heads bobbing, making noises. Living the dream. Belly's bobbing off the floor. Bouncing off the edge of the desk there. No, because we haven't eaten yet today. (laughs) No, we haven't. I had uh, some challenges with a a Domino's app earlier, and then I I got frustrated and I deleted the app during uh, that last segment. That was uh, more than frustration. That was a a full-on meltdown. I don't think I had a meltdown. I was just upset. I mean, not meltdown like kicking trash cans, but like an internal malfunction where the uh, core heated up and everything melted around it. Just wanted a nice interface on the Domino's app, and it just was treating me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I was, you know what? I was your grandfather, and the VCR was blinking 12. And I'm like, and, and you walked over. You walked over, and uh-huh. you said, you know, Gramps, I can help you with that blinking yeah. 12. I can get rid of that. And he's like, no, oh, no, God damn this thing. I spent weeks trying to figure it out. I could, the remote is hidden in the fish tank, That's and accurate. I can't figure out where it is. And that was me with that Domino's yeah. app just a few minutes ago. That's and I was com- like, That's completely accurate. I was so hungry, I just wanted pizza. And and then when I, I said, already didn't like Domino's. I literally and now told I hate you. them more. I literally told you, I have it set up on my app. I do this all the time. I can have pizza here in 20 minutes, and you said no. But listen, it wasn't a matter of pride thing. It's you've ordered pizza the last three times, and I feel like I, I need to man up and do it myself. Well, I appreciate that. And it just— And yet, here we are. No, just— No pizza. Slap me in the face. Angry lightning and with, no pizza. I know. I am freaking just pissed. Just read an email already. All right. I'm going to start off with a DM. Do you mind? Can I do a DM? No, because I don't want people to send us DMs because then we'll never— we don't know where to go. Just That's right. Chuck All right. So this, email. this one just is, pretend this is an email. This is an email from Adam Shanley. We don't read DMs. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, it is. 
Hello, I love the show. I would like to throw my two cents into the whole F-150 modification debate. Of all the people saying they modified their F-150s, it all sounded like accessories, not modifying. So what's your definition of modifying? Like, if the F-150 was a woman, all the steps, tonneau cover, etc. Like, the earrings, the rings, the dress, whatever. So, accessories, not modifying. Now, if they're doing a mommy makeover type surgery, aka changing out parts and improving them, complete suspension, kits, not spacer lifts, engine modifications like piston rings, superchargers, turbos, etc. That, to me, is modifying. So, I'd say it's on the lower end of the percentage range of pickups. Say like 20% max of F-150s are on the road that are modified. That's just my take. And I do travel all over SoCal for my job. So I do see a lot of F-150s. Most are just plain pickups or work trucks. Guys, keep up the great work. Love the show. And thank you. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Thank you, Adam. So he says that uh, 20% or less are seriously modified, which I'm standing with Adam. How about Jehu Beasley? That's uh, his email here. It says, hey, guys, first off, still love the show. I've changed jobs from being a transmission builder to a diagnostician at an independent auto repair Wait, shop. Say that, say that again. A what? A diag what? Diagnostician. Okay. Uh, at an independent automotive repair shop. So I see a lot of trucks on a daily basis. I was on Lightning's side in the modified F-150 debate until he said that tint counts as a modification. Most of the F-150s I work on, by far, are more or less stock. I, hold on a second. Say, but, I, I was waffling on that. But if you're counting the super minor things like tint or tire upgrades, then about 90% of them are modified. So, no, sorry, I, Lightning. I tried no, to be no, on your no, side, no, no, but no, you no, threw no, yourself no. under the bus on this one. Also, I am including a picture of me running down some Jeeps on Mosquito Pass in my Chevy Colorado. Very pretty. Appreciate that. It's got a nice uh, shelf road Let here. Let me see. Oh, that's a very cool shot. And uh, you know what I see in uh, that? You know what I don't see in that picture? Mm -hmm. uh, any stock F 150s. So, once again, even his evidence he's presented to us show no stock F 150s in the wild. Perfect vehicle for your Gambler 500 adventure. I think Nathan may be a little confused. Uh, uh, I know it's not a Nissan hard body, but this way, if it gets destroyed, who cares? Not mine. I just crossed paths with it searching the Facebook marketplace. Yeah, he's got a truck here that we should consider, but you know what? There's no Gambler 500 because of COVID, so thanks well, for- no, no, no. Uh, yeah. There was a Gambler 500. There wasn't one because of COVID for us. Right. So much love and keep mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, thanks I'm, for rubbing the salt in the wound. I'm liking this next email. Mm -hmm. uh, that's subject uh, is fire lightning. Nope. Next email. Uh, this is from our nope. friend Jacob Boone. Nope. I love how he starts off. He says, uh, I don't know where to start on this one. He says, uh, had to stop the episode because I got busy. Only had 10 or 15 minutes left. Should have stopped there, but I remembered truck news was next. So I finished it. The last five minutes were as bad as 2020 gets for a podcast. <laughs> you almost like the ridgeline. I almost crashed my truck when Holman started to get on the wagon. Super disappointed in that review. In all honesty, I didn't say I liked the original. I said it was tougher and butchier looking. I didn't say it was good. No, listen. You were Stop waffling. Stop for a second. I, I, you were waffling. But listen, you agreed that they did a really nice facelift I on the front clip. I agree they made it look more like a truck. I didn't say it was a truck. I was just saying I could almost get on board with the styling. It looks more proper. That doesn't mean I think it's a truck. I think we both said that. I think. Oh no no no! Did, did no, I? You were you were you were way in the weeds. 
I pulled off the highway mm-hmm. in the gravel. Oh, I kept and going. And then you went in the farmer's field and did donuts over there oh. in the in Honda Ridgeline. I went land. into the ditch and got stuck in it. No, you went off the reservation. You weren't mm. even in the ditch. You were mm. so far past the ditch. Anyway, he says, I understand Lightning doing it. He jumps on almost any truck, Cybertruck Reservation, but Holman, that's just wrong. On a different note, I'd like to hear more about the Ultimate Adventure, what Holman's role was in that, because I see his name in the credits, but I haven't seen him on it. Or even if it's going to continue. I saw the rig this year at the Off-Road Expo, which was awesome, but second day was canceled because of mask non-compliance. Super disappointing. Sorry for the poor picture quality. There's dirt between the lens and the glass that protects it on my phone. And that's from Jacob. Uh, We need to have Christian Hazel on to talk about Ultimate Adventure. I will set that up. Uh, I am behind the scenes on that particular event. Um, logistics and uh, admin stuff, I can't go on everything, so I wasn't on uh, on UA this year. So that was uh, Christian and Vern. Hats off to them for uh, kicking butt and making that happen. And epic uh, epic trip as it always is. So we'll get Christian where on to talk go? about it. We'll get Christian on to talk about it. You can't even just tell me where they went? Why don't you go over to uh, fourwheeler.com and you can read all about it. All right. I'll do that. Fourwheeler.com. Here we go. All right. All right. This one's called Truck Yeah from Yannick. Hey, guys. This is awesome. I went back and listened to every old podcast. Oh, my God. Wow. That seems like a lot. And you're wrong. The suckage never got any better. (laughs) But I guess that's what makes the show so awesome. Keep them going. Guys, I seen the suckage meter. Mm -hmm. You've pinned the needle on this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, That's not surprising. Every episode. I got one here from uh, Seth. Says, short time listener, first time emailer. Hey, Lightning and Holman, this is Seth checking in from Central Illinois. I'm 17 and have always had a passion for all things trucks. I bought my first truck, a 02 Chevy S10 with a ZR2 package. Very nice, by the way. Right after I turned 15. Spent almost a year working on it to get it in top. That's a nice truck for a 15-year-old, by the way. Well, and it's the original ZR2 that had the completely different chassis and 31s from the factory and all that good stuff. Those things were uh, awesome. Congrats. Wide track. All you know that. what I was doing when I was 15? Uh, throwing rocks at Robbie Joyner. Yeah, uh, yeah, across the wall. Do you know where we got that? <laughs> yes. This is funny. So Kevin of Kevin and Bean on K-Rock in Los yep. Angeles, where I worked for so many years, uh-huh. he would always say, you know where I was when I was that age? I was throwing rocks at my at my neighbor, Robbie Joyner. Yeah. And that was his real neighbor. And it was just we were. He would always say that to show how juvenile he was when other people were excelling in their youth. Right. He was just out there throwing rocks. But then you found out he was really throwing rocks to the real Robbie Joyner. Yes. And how did we find that out? Because at some point, someone found Robbie Joyner, got his phone number, and we called him. So we said we actually interviewed his former neighbor. Now, why is this funny? This is funny because we've ripped off. Kevin's story. Like, neither yeah. of us know no. Robbie Joyner, no. but it's funny to say that. Now, was Robbie Joyner famous in any way? Or no. Or he was just a random he dude? He is literally just, just a dude. Just ran, just, just a Robbie dude Joyner. that yeah. Kevin used to throw rocks at. <laughs> Which is so funny. So, <laughs> so we're, we're keeping the bit going. When we say that, it, that's it has what nothing it to do with us. That's no, why it's so funny. It's just, it just reminds us of uh, the radio station <laughs> days when Lightning and, uh, and the crew over there used to say stuff like that. Um, all right. A little more uh, insider baseball of what wackiness goes through our minds. And back to Seth's email here. He says, uh, anyway, my dad and I pretty much rebuilt the entire front suspension along with some engine-related problems it had. I drove it for a while, then built a roll bar behind the cab to hold four Casey long-range lights. I bought my second truck, an 11.53 Silverado, 1500 Z71, leveled on 33s about two weeks before the Rona hit. In the short time I've owned it, I've purchased a catback exhaust from Carbon Exhaust and Diablo Sport handheld ECM flash tuner to disable the AFM. And get some more power out of it at the same time. Wait, what was he trying to disable with Active the Diablo Active fuel management. Ah. Now the only thing that drives me nuts is the slightly offset steering wheel. <laughs> Thanks, Holman, for making me aware of that. <laughs> uh, 
He loves his truck so much, except for that. Yeah, right. Uh, he says, I'm old school, never liked the look of the modern brush guards that are out there, so currently looking for a worn transformer for the truck. I had one on my 94 Ranger. That's how uh, mm-hmm. far I go back But I love the, love the fact that he says he's old school, but he's 17. That's right. No, he's old soul. I've got a 13-year-old at, ho- at home who's a total old soul, so I get it. Uh, anyway, he says, uh, any ideas where I could find one? Um, transformer. Uh, have you contacted Warren? A lot of times they have uh, old SKUs. They're getting dusty. When back. we talked to our friend at Warren, yeah, Andy, yeah, he said that they still had some of that old stuff. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, I would th- go direct to Warren and yeah. see if you can find out. They might also be able to find us a distributor that might have one on the shelf somewhere. Somebody has one of those. Uh, also check eBay. A lot of times there's weird stuff like that that's old stock that shows up on there. He says anyway, enough about my trucks. Here's something I think both of you will like, especially Holman. I've always loved turning wrenches, figuring out how stuff works, and how to keep engines running. I have a small repair business I started when I was 13. Working on anything from weed eaters and chainsaws to four-wheelers and utility tractors. After hearing some of the people you guys have interviewed, I'm pretty much set on making a career out of my passion for working on stuff. I'm planning on going to a trade school, although I don't know which one yet, to become an automotive service technician and maybe someday opening my own repair shop. That's cool. Which is super awesome. He says, now on to you guys. I absolutely love the podcast. I caught you guys around episode 90 when one of my buddies told me to give this truck show podcast thing a listen. That's awesome. There's uh, teenagers out there telling their other teenage buddies, listen to this thing. That's super weird. <laughs> it's cool. Weird. Super weird. I mean, it's weird. I was never a podcast listener, so I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. My first impression was, what the heck am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> That's, by the way, everyone's impression. Uh, yeah. I will admit that at first I hated the jingles, but they have since grown on How me. How dare you? And I find myself singing along whenever they're played. Needless to say... I went back to the start and have listened to every single episode, some more than once. Now I can't wait for Monday morning to come around so I can download the next one. The inside knowledge that comes out of the show is absolutely incredible, and I find myself wishing the shows were even longer. Thanks for all the hard work you guys put into making this podcast the best one out there. It says, my apologies for the long email, but I hope this gets read on air. Anyways, five stars. Five star review! Five stars! Always mounter those parameters. Throw in the uh, OG Yeah Buddy. Yeah. Oh, wait. OG, OG Yeah Buddy. Wow, yeah, buddy. wow. I was expecting that one. Yeah Buddy. And try to keep from pinning the old suckage meter. Guys, I seen the suckage meter. And You Seth, pinned the needle on this episode. Don't stomp, Alice. And Seth ends. Well, I was excited about his last sentence. Oh, I see. And Lightning. Get cracking on Holman's F100. We're working on it. Truly. That has all been BS in the past. I said, oh, we're working on it. We really are working are on it. Are you really? Yeah. I haven't seen anything. I haven't I heard want, anything. I don't want to show you anything until I have something to actually show you. Meaning- all right. No, that's we, right. Leave it there. Okay. Leave it there. You got an email? Read it. I, I sure do. Uh, lightning and- By the way, let, I want to back up and say thank yeah. you for listening. Because he went back- No, it's awesome. Found the show. Started over. Started over from the get-go. Read, uh, listened to some other ones. That's super cool. Yeah, we appreciate that's, that. And we really appreciate it. We'd love a real five-star review on Apple if you can find where to actually- In fact, we have some new ones, so we'll read it later in the show. Okay, that'll be great. So thank you guys so much for listening. I just bopped the microphone. That Sorry, was guys. super professional <laughs> coming from a guy in audio for his whole entire life. This, I just went, boom. I <laughs> <laughs> got doorknob here. Uh, Lightning and Holman from Zach Alexander. Hey, guys, came across your podcast a few weeks ago when I moved into a new position that involves me sitting at a desk programming CNC parts. First off, that's a rad job. Um, I started with the first episode, and I'm currently on episode 31, so he's making some good progress. Uh, Although I have an entire year of podcasts to listen to, I am determined to get caught up. I live and breathe everything truck, so listening to the show makes me feel normal. It's incredibly entertaining and informative. I would say five stars, no doubt. 
Congratulations, you have earned five stars. Yes! Yes. I listen on Spotify, so I don't know where to drop in those five stars. Well, you'd have to defect and head over to Apple. Uh, I don't think – Holman, is there a rating system on Spotify? I don't think there is yet. Uh, I know that there are on some platforms, but I can't keep – we're on literally like 70 different – No, but Spotify, platforms. that's also yeah. my preferred place to listen. But uh, the audio quality is better? Uh, it's a little better, yes. But I just head over to Apple and leave us a five-star review there. Um, not sure if you guys are giving out T-shirts. No, but if you do, I'm a size large. My address is blah, blah, blah. He's in Bend, Oregon. Thank you guys for a great show. And in case you forgot, never stop mounting those parameters. Thank you very much, Zach. And I got uh, one last one here from Nick Lawn. And he says, hi, Holman and Lightning. Yeah, Nick, Nick knows what uh, – he knows how to – Write a salutation if I've ever heard one before. I can't hear you. Uh, hi, Holman and Lightning. By the way, oh. Holman with a uppercase H and Lightning with a lowercase L. This is Nick, capital N, uh, a new listener from <laughs> <laughs> from Dirty Jersey. I found you guys about Dirty three, Jersey. Dirty Jersey. Yeah. I found you guys about three weeks ago with episode you know, 34. Saying, Holman, Jersey gets a bad rap. There are some really beautiful areas of New Jersey. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. No, real. No, I'm no, serious. The, the countryside's nice. Like yeah, when that's you get what I'm out talking of, about. Out of the you coast just don't want to spend any time in Newark. Yeah. He doesn't say where in Jersey, so we'll assume he lives in the beautiful part. Okay. All right, so going back, I uh, found you guys three weeks ago with episode 34 where Finnegan checks in. I listened to the yeah, whole Yeah, buddy. I listened to the whole episode <laughs> and then realized I should start at the beginning. I've been burning through the episodes, and i got to tell you, the suckage is extremely low. I'm just getting up to SEMA 2018. Oh, come on now. And I heard you talk about the panel and Jesse. It's been a year since the automotive world lost her, but I'm stoked to hear what she had to say. I'm also interested if you guys ever found the mounted parameters, girl. We thought we had. And but then we had you know, it. And then, and then no. She just, she just got to she's our gone. grip. Yeah. No, nobody's ever. Well, she's not dead. Well, I mean, I guess we, I, don't well, know we have that, no idea. But, uh, we don't. She's gone. If you, she's in the if wind. anyone knows, well, we'd, we'd love to have her on the show. She's we found her. Part- what was it? We at uh, UCC Ultimate yeah, College yeah. Challenge in twenty eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she was just botching every, every line, single commercial. Beautiful over the uh, PA speakers. It was just. It was incredible. Uh, he says, "Are there any shirts left, XL? Or did Lightning not realize they've been sitting at his store for the last few weeks, years? Uh, what do you think of the Hummer EV?" Uh, by now, when you if you're at CMED 2018 in the future, you'll catch up. We did Hummer last week, and then you'll hear your when you're listening now on your email in the future. Anyway, yes, we talked about it. Anyway, I've got to stop typing and continue listening. And Nick says five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Very generous of you, Nick. Thank you. All right, Holman. Now it's time to talk. AccuAir. We received some email from you guys. Thank you for uh, letting us know that you cared. Um, if you've followed the AccuAir story, they went bankrupt earlier this year. And recently, their assets were acquired by a company you may not have heard of called Arnot Air Suspension. So we've got Ryan Rutledge, the director of controls at Arnot, standing by. So, Holman, if you'd be so kind and dial that. Hello, this is Ryan. Ryan, Lightning, and Holman with the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? We are outstanding. Hey, uh, before we can get into it, we've got to play a quick intro because you're in the parts department. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw. Not. 
filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you'll want to come back. See, because Ryan, our wife, wants us to have a smoother ride, so she's She's in a quandary, I think, this I time. I thought she wanted to have the car really low, and you wanted to have the car really high. No, no, I want it low, and she wants it high. Got it, all right. Yeah, because she doesn't like slowing down for speed bumps, and I do. I you, think it's cool. So, you know, there's this company <laughs> out there uh, that we were all familiar with called AccuAir, and then it went away for a little while. And my, I've heard this vicious rumor that our man Ryan here on the on the phone, who's the, the director of controls at Arnott Air Suspension, might have the uh, the missing link as to what happened. Yeah, I might have a little information about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, then uh, we should uh, we should dive into that. I, I, I think a lot of people have been curious. Uh, some press releases went out recently, and some stories went up about the uh, the new ownership and the uh, I guess the uh, rebirth of the company. And uh, you and your team is uh, are the people behind that. Yeah, I want to talk, Ryan, about uh, what the acquisition means for the brand and for Arnot. And then I want to rev- then I want to go back in time and let people know who Arnot is. Gotcha. So what this really means is, um, obviously, Acura went bankrupt. It was a really unfortunate thing. What has happened is Arnott came in and purchased the assets out of the bankruptcy. What that means is they got all the intellectual property, the trademarks, the brand names, all the things that give us the pieces to rebuild and create this new company based on what Acura was. The cool thing behind that is Arnott's got all these resources. They've got a team of amazing damper and spring engineers in this huge background of making their own strut systems that we now get to couple with the Acura product line. So to be clear, you guys bought all the assets, the uh, the trademark, the uh, the designs, the name, all of those things out of uh, bankruptcy, but you do not own any of the debt or any of that stuff? Correct. So what does that mean for the consumer going forward? Um, what will they see in terms of uh, changes to Acuair? Uh, and what's the mission statement for the brand now that you guys uh, have ownership stake? So what we're going to see is early 2021, they'll start seeing some of the classic Acura products coming back. Things like the E-Level Plus, the Touchpad Plus, the VU Manifold that everybody's had for years. Um, the Endo VT is making a comeback. Yes. Sorry, the Endo VT was, the, and the CVT, those were the popular assemblies where the compressor was inside the cylinder, correct? Correct. That was our Endo CVT. And what we're going to be doing with that product is we're doing a redesign. We want to improve the reliability. We want to improve the performance. And we have this great opportunity to do that right now. How about this? Yeah. Who's Arnott? When we found this information out, everyone kind of scratched their head collectively, I think, in the aftermarket. Not the aftermarket. On the consumer side, we all said, whoa. And everyone immediately Googled Arnott. Who are these guys? Why don't we know about them? And and then immediately you find out that you guys do suspension for Audi, Bentley, BMW, Hummer, Land Rover, Lexus, Mercedes, on and on and on. And you guys are remanufacturing. The company's been around since, what, 89, I, th- I want to say? Yeah. Is that correct? So our founder is Adam Arnott. And what ended up happening is Adam was 12, his dad's car broke down, and he just became fascinated with it, fixing a rear air spring. Okay, hold on a second. Like, you, said, you said 12 years old? He was 12. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Holman and I were uh, just throwing rocks at our neighbors at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, we were not developing air uh, springs. Was your neighbor uh, Robbie Joyner? Is that who you were throwing your rocks <laughs> no, at? No, that was someone else's oh, okay, neighbor. Okay, sorry, yes, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so it kind of blossomed out from there. And now what Arnott's really known for is building factory replacement air spring assemblies. 
So if you've got the car with factory air suspension, say you have a Mercedes, you lose a strut, you lose a bag, you can go to Arna and get something that's tuned better at a lower cost to replace it. So r is huge in that space. And AccuWear and r had been in discussion before because r was looking at how they could grow and have a controls team. So they were actually buying some AccuWear products to test and they had an interest in the technology previously. So when the opportunity came up to buy the assets, bring it into the company and grow the brand, they seized it. So essentially, you guys with Arnot and AccuAir together under one roof, you're essentially controlling the entire air suspension system all the way from the springs, dampers, all the way through uh, the compressor and controllers. So one company will have oversight and you won't have to piece it together with parts from different companies. Exactly. And I found it interesting, Ryan, that uh, AccuAir famously did not have any airbag systems. They were just a controls company. Yes, they had the cylinders. Yes, they had compressors. And not till later, there was a long, many years that they didn't have even that stuff. They just had the controls and you had to call up another manufacturer, whether it was Firestone or somebody else to get the bags and all that. And now you have it under one roof it, because you guys were just, you didn't have the controls really, right? From what I can tell. So it is the perfect marriage. Correct. And it's actually really exciting um, because I'm an AccuWare guy. I worked at Acura for the last year and a half of the company is the engineering manager. Oh, the now, now it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how did you get involved with Arnott and are there other um, former employees that they brought over to kind of make sure that the legacy of the brand stays intact? So Arnott actually found me. I had taken another job and moved out of the area. Didn't know what would ever happen with Acura. And when they reached out, I was all about it. Right, I want to go back and finish the E-Level Plus app that we had started. The things we were working on were so in-depth. It was our life. So getting back to go back and finish that was a no-brainer for me. I had to jump on the opportunity. We can't imagine we that. Did bring a- Sorry, Ryan. I can't imagine that because you just mentioned that it was your life. And the guys at AccuWare, we interviewed a few of them over the last couple of years, and they were all in. That's why it came as such a surprise when they filed BK, because it it seemed like they it's not that they weren't untouchable, but they just everyone was so passionate about it was just a, it was a movement. It was a culture. And then someone just flipped the light switch off. Uh, you were there during that time. And I know I don't want to focus more than just a minute on, on it. But can you tell us what happened? Because no one really seems to know. Were they trying to get into military and that went south or did they did they? Uh, did an investor pull the plug? Can you give us any of the backstory? It's honestly not something I have a lot of clarity on. Myself and my team were really heads down, heads in the sand, trying to finish the E-Level Plus app that everybody was waiting for. So when we got shelter in place in California, we went home and the next thing we knew, Acura was bankrupt. That had to just come as such a massive shock. It did. Or did it come as a it massive a- air spring? <laughs> See what you did there? Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, got, I got one here. Sorry, there you go. I can okay. resist. <laughs> I can't imagine. You're at home. You're working hard. You're developing the app. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, guys, uh, there's nowhere to come back to. We're done. The company's uh, through. Like, what? Yeah. Excuse me? How? What? And you guys were up to like 100 plus employees, too, for an air suspension controls company, which is 
It was mind blowing. I don't know. I, I just we couldn't. We were scratching our heads for quite some time. Anyway, so it's done. All those assets have been transferred over to Arnot. You're marrying these things together. You've got new products coming out in 2021. Tell us a little more about uh, Arnot because I, I here's what I want to do, Ryan. I want people who were really excited about uh, AccuWare to be as excited about the new company. I don't want them to think that like, oh, there's this big behemoth company that's in the OE sector that doesn't really understand the aftermarket. Tell tell me about the marriage of these companies and how you see this going forward and how you're going to embrace enthusiasts. So the really cool thing about these two companies joining forces is our controls team is joining a group of guys that have just a crazy amount of background and knowledge in this, you know, damper and spring world guys that came from King and Bilstein and Eibach that are all enthusiasts. For example, we were out testing a new product on a Polaris Razor side-by-side this weekend. Okay. Where our team, including our VP of engineering, is out there getting muddy on a trail to make sure our products are going to work. Okay. That's what I want to hear. So where's the, uh, the new AccuRare company going to be based out of? It's going to be based out of Merritt Island, Florida. So we're over um, in the Cape Canaveral area, so the east side of Florida. The Space Coast. Yes, sir. Near, uh, not too far from Ranjan uh, World Famous sur- uh, Surf Shop in what, Cocoa <laughs> Beach or something like that, right? Yep, I am sitting a half mile down the street right now as I talk to you guys. That place smells so good when you walk inside. From, uh, it oh, smells just like surf, uh, surf yeah. wax. Mr. Zog's yeah, sex Mr. Zog's yeah. sex wax, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that brings back some Now, do you uh, like HB the original memories. or do you like the bubble gum? No, original, oh, the for original? sure. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, prowling Main Street here in uh, Huntington Beach Dude, in my youth. It was uh, that whole area down there just smells like surf. It <laughs> like, really it's does. Like coconuts yeah. and uh, copper tone and uh, zinc. Old for ladies, your nose. old <laughs> ladies that are way too tan for their own good. You know what I mean? Well, that's all of Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. In regards back to Arna, when you guys have uh, air suspension, you're remanufacturing uh, OE products, right? And then bringing those up to, uh, uh, I guess, a higher quality. So that's a tough one because I would say we're redesigning. Okay. You know, we build some parts from cores that are considered a remanufactured part, and we build some parts that are brand new. Well, so for example, not that I would have noticed that you had uh, the ABC system for my car in SL 2007 SL 55 AMG. Not that I would have noticed because why would I be trolling the Arnott website? Sorry, oh, I'm sorry, your car? Uh, yeah, what, the car. What, what is that again? Uh, 2007 uh, SL 55 AMG. But they have, and I'm thinking there aren't that many of them on the road. How are they getting all these cores? What happens when you run out of cores? Wait, wait, wait. Did we just trans uh, transform from uh, the Truck, Truck Show, Show podcast, podcast into the Lightning? The AMG podcast? No, no, no. Lightning needs something for his AMG. I don't need anything. But I always go to – that's my – like I'm – so I, I see they have air suspension, right? And they have hydropneumatic suspension. And I think, yep. I'm going to take a look, see what they got. And sure, and sure enough, dude, I drop down the menu, 07. I'm getting deeper. I'm like – SL500, nope, SL55, like, no way, AMG, like, what? Are you humble bragging right now? Yes, okay, I am, I checking. totally am. <laughs> and why Why don't you need suspension? Because that Mercedes it, junk on there is about to go and ruin I'm your car, I'm just right? saying, well, when it does, I'm stepping up to Arnott because they don't just reman it, they go through with a fine-tooth comb. So okay. for, take me through a suspension system that you've got, it's junked, right? You're, you're stripping it. Take us through the process. What actually happens? How about on like a uh, Lincoln Navigator, which seems like every one of those ones with air suspension, the front bags are out and it's like really butt high in the air. (laughs) So here's the cool thing. Since we do get those cores back, the first thing that happens when they come into the building is they go through a warranty analysis. What it means is our engineers are going to look at what failed 
and our engineering team is going to go off and try and fix it. So because we're looking at all these failed parts that we're getting in as replacements that we're using as cores, we're getting all this data of what's going wrong in the field. So that's an element of our redesign that's going to bring us up. And that sounds like the OE, are you sharing this information with the OEs? Because you could almost sell that data back to them. Like we, we're seeing a failure uh, and this airbag at this temperature, at this you know frequency, blah, you know, on and on. They would pay big money to not have those failures because it would cost, you know, Chevy, Ford, et cetera, millions of dollars in warranty work if you just shared info. But I'm guessing you're not because it makes your product better and not theirs. Well, there's always a little bit of collaboration between brands. And that's all he said. That was a, uh, that was a political answer very right political, there. Yes. Somebody's been through media yeah, training. What is it, Ryan running for office right yeah, now? What's yeah, going very, on here? Uh, very towing the line there. All right, so let's get down to uh, the most important thing. When are new products available? Uh, when will the launch happen? And when will the website be up? And, and where will people go to buy the product? So products are going to be available early 2021. We're going to relaunch. We currently have a website up. So that was digging. Every, everything you say that's good, I'm digging. So go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. You can find us at AccuWearSystems.com, where you can sign up for updates. You can sign up if you want to be a dealer. And there's a frequently asked questions that goes over a lot of the things that people have been asking us on social media. We've been trying to stay pretty engaged and kind of see what people need to know and putting it out there for them. And also, I would imagine what they're angry about so that you can... Uh, lay to rest any rumors or or any you know concerns that people have, and, and basically try and get the word out that you guys are essentially a new company that has taken over stewardship of this brand everybody loves that maybe they had a bad taste left in their mouth by the bankruptcy and stuff, but that you're trying to do right by the brand and do right by the enthusiasts by resurrecting it and uh, coming out with a, a a really competitive and exciting product lineup. Exactly, and we're doing everything we can right now to help our you know, existing customers. So our tech support line, tech at AccuWearSystems.com is back up. So anybody having problems can write in and we'll get somebody in contact with you that can help you and troubleshoot. Starting the beginning of the year, we'll have some service parts for previous products, the things that are coming back. So if you've got a guy with a VU4 that's leaking, you know, you'll have a place that you can go and order a poppet set and spanner to replace it. So we're trying to do things to help heal the community. Are the two companies going to be... Um, will they stand alone? It'll be AccuWare and it will be Arnot, or will there be a mix? Will they get blurred or at some point? AccuWare by Arnot or right. well, AccuWare with a K? Well, I know or... like, on the website, it's, it's <laughs> on the website. It says right there, it's Accu, it's AccuWare like X Arnot. Like yep. it's it's there, there's clearly a collaboration, which is smart because if I'm buying the E level system or wherever I'm, you know, I, I need. I want their bag technology. I want their suspension technology because they've been doing it forever. It's obvious they're experts. So I'm just curious if they'll if they'll mesh like and turn into one at some point. So what's really going to happen is Accuware is going to fly under the R-Not Performance banner. So some of our new products and things that we're developing and investigating that use the R-Not technology will come through with Accuware. So we're under one roof, but we will be two standalone companies. Got it. Okay, very cool. And uh, at what point will you be accepting uh, media or podcast requests for um, uh, podcast hosts with 07 SL55 <laughs> AMGs? Well, you're talking about this guy I, across I was the street? I was trying Me? to help you out. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. You'd be just try, I didn't in the market for something like right. that. Right. I was just trying to prevent you from doing it and having that sort of uh, shame. You know what? It's funny. It's kind of like uh, you know, they talk about motorcycle riders where it's not if you're going to fall. 
or if you're going to go down. It's when you're going to go down, right? Right. So when you have one of these Mercedes with the uh, you know, th- this ABC suspension. Nobody cares. It's like it's going to break at some point. Nobody cares. I know. I do. No, I know. And I'm, I'm using I'm, this I'm time say, right I'm, now to butter him up. Right. I'm saving you from yourself. Okay. Just, that's fine. Just say that at some point you're going to need some help <laughs> and is he going to answer the phone for you? No, he's not. He's going to avoid me at all costs. I would. <laughs> no, I always answer the phone. <laughs> Notice he didn't say, I always say yes. No, no. He's going to answer the phone. <laughs> uh-huh. Then he's going to go, oh, it's lightning from yeah. Truck Show Podcast. Yeah. Click. See ya. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Ryan, we appreciate the quick catch up. This is really, really good news for fans of both companies. The AccuWear guys, I think, are going to be thrilled with what you're doing with it. It sounds like you're... And honestly, I think that that might bring some uh, some more light and shine on Arnott as well, just because uh, brand recognition. You know, it's almost a branding play because you're bringing in a completely new audience, and I think that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, I mean, well, the Arnott name, like I said, was largely not in the consumer eye. It was, you know, if you walk into a shop, the guy's going to say, I'm going to put a new a new piece on your car and I'm going to replace it with the R-Not. And you're like, oh, is it good? And the guy says, yes, you believe him. But it's not something you would see on a, social it's, media. Yeah, it's not performance aftermarket, you know, enthusiast part necessarily. So it's so definitely a part you need no, for your biggest, vehicle. The biggest overlap for us has been the R-Not motorcycle division. So R-Not produces motorcycle air suspension systems. And a lot of those guys were very excited. Oh. When you need that trike to go super low so you can get your leg over it. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. A trike. Or get the chopper down on the uh, on the oil pan. Yeah, you got a bagger and you sit it all the way, you uh-huh. squat it. Yep. That's a good look right there. Air back up look. for two riders. Oh, that's oh. true. That's true. All right. There is no okay. suspension system uh, powerful enough to lift both you and I. No, there the isn't. No. no. Be... You know, that would be uh, the R-Not Plus. Um, <laughs> the plus plus. Uh, yeah, so when uh, when Lightning hits you up for that SL55 suspension, just uh, just make sure that you upgrade them to the heavy-duty bags. High capacity. <laughs> How dare you? I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Congratulations. We uh, we're we're stoked on this. And if you if you don't mind, we'd like to check in with you in a couple of months and just see how the collaboration's going. And when you get close to relaunching uh, the older applications, and, I think that's just it, right? The like, new stuff. Like when when the company finally launches and you can buy product again, let's have you back on so you can tell everybody that you're ready to go. Yeah, because I want to find out what Absolutely. how you're enhancing these products, Ryan. I'd love to talk about it, guys. All right. Fantastic. There's a lot of really exciting things. Well, we appreciate your time, and uh, we will hopefully uh, be talking to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good day. Right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, you guys asked for an AccuWare update, and there you go. No, I don't either. Well, that was pretty awesome to hear uh, about the future of AccuWare, that it's coming back, and it sounds like a company that actually uh, cares about the brand and the product wants to make it even better than it's ever been. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to to find out what's, uh, what's new. Absolutely. And I found a company to buy a new suspension for the AMG. Uh, AMG what? Oh, I'm sorry. That would be Lowered Convertible Roadster. Uh, yes. Yeah, with a glass top. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into uh, some five-star reviews. Do you know what's the fastest car I've ever owned? I had a uh, Supercharged 540 back in the day. Okay. And uh, VF Engineering, Nick at VF, when he was just getting a start. If you guys follow, like, supercars and stuff, you know that Nick will put a supercharger on kind of anything. Uh, and I had a 540 back in the day. They would eat M5s. It was heavier, but it would just crush them. And... Uh, I thought that was fast, and then I bought this, and it was a bargain too, dude. Oh, yeah. I know we don't talk cars, but I think maybe Are some you people care me? We what talk we cars all the time. No, I guess uh, you know we like it. So I looked for this car for a really long time, and I found one in Atlanta, Georgia. Reached out to the guy, and he goes, "Oh, bummer, dude, sold it." And then about a month later, he hit me back, and he goes, "The guy fell through. Are you interested?" I said, "Yes," and I. Uh, sight unseen bought this white SL55 and had it shipped out here. And it's, uh, you saw it. It's pretty cherry. I've had it. 
Yeah, it's pretty cherry. Have you gone for a ride, though? Thanks. And, and I have tuned it and, ooh, I shouldn't say what else I did to it. I wouldn't on a public platform. Yeah. All right. So anyway, it's fast. All right. Let's get into some reviews. <laughs> All right. Yes. Five-star review! Five-star! These are Apple reviews. So if you would like to give us uh, a review, we would be very, very appreciative. Of course, these are the reviews as found on Apple Podcasts. Yes, super important to us. If you guys can leave us a five-star review, uh, just head over to the Apple Podcast app or even the iTunes store on your Mac and uh, leave us a review because this stuff helps with the rankings. And, and we love how creative they are. And discoverability. It's super hard to find a podcast these days, so if we're at the top of the chart, that helps out quite a and bit. And they crack us up. And they do. All right, well, I don't remember the last one we read, so I'm <laughs> going to apologize if a couple of these are uh, do-overs. But I don't think we have it. Go ahead. All right, I'm, Go just ahead. stop me if, you, if it sounds familiar. How about okay. that? Otherwise, uh, we're just going to read a couple twice. So uh, I've got this one from Dirt Racer 412. It says, love this podcast. Hosts are constantly entertaining and have great guests. I keep listening even though I drive a smart car. Maybe one of these days I'll buy another truck. Wow. <laughs> I don't think about the other oh, one. No, oh, you wanted this one? Yes, okay, that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was from Dirt Racer 412. And now, wait a hold on a second. Wait. What? what? That was it for him? He drives a smart car? That's way worse than a Mini. Way. That's Ish. egregious. Ish. Anyway, he says, five, five stars. stars. All right. I've got this one here uh, from Kid Normal. Says uh, That's I, my rap name. That's is, so weird. Oh, did you write stole, this review? No, but oh. he must have stolen that from me. Kid, uh, Normal. Kid Normal. Yo, 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 what's up? Kid Normal in the house. No, no, no. Your rap name is Kid Abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, this one says, uh, I found Holman from the Bronco video he did with... Johnny Lieberman. After following Sean on Instagram, he posted a picture from the studio. This was the first time I'd heard of the podcast and thought I'd check it out. As a truck enthusiast, it was just what I needed. Makes the long shifts of hauling crude oil from well site to the pipeline and refineries all over Oklahoma go by quickly. He's got a real job. Yeah, exactly. After one month, I'm about halfway through the catalog of episodes. Wow. Says, uh, keep mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Yeah, buddy. Hashtag, yeah, buddy! And five stars. Five, five stars. stars! And that was from Kid Normal. All right, we've got- Do you uh, think they can hear us high-fiving every time? I don't know, maybe. Okay. Are the mics turned that way? Maybe uh, can, we'll maybe we'll face them in a little bit yeah, here. There you go. Uh, this one from Calvin S. Wolf says- uh, That is a, uh, what do you call when you have a, a not a byline, a, which, a fake name when you when you author a books? A ghostwriter? Go, no, not a ghostwriter. When you pick like a, a, a made pen, up- A pen name. A pen name. Yeah. That's a pen name. That's oh, not that as- Calvin S. Wolf is a pen Definitely. Person? Okay. Yes. Says, uh, the best truck podcast, exclamation. Says, this is truly the best truck podcast out there. The jingles are amazing. Oh, Says, I've now listened- we know he's lying. <laughs> All right. Says, I've listened to many podcasts that start out with crappy audio and they get better after like three years. These guys are great sounding right out of the gate. Stick with it and you will be a highly informed and entertained human of earth. And- Five stars. Sweet. Well, thank you, Calvin. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> talking about entertaining. Uh, this one is from Matt. Matt. Wait, what? <laughs> There's a ton of M's? I don't M M A A T T T T T D M M A A T T T Gotcha. All right. He says uh, fruitcake. It says fruitcake, trucks, guests, Dr. Pepper, and comedy, tea bags, and more. If you're looking for a good quote unquote. Wow, more, he just summed up our the, entire, the entire show thing. in one sentence. Oh, hold on, it's better. He says, uh, if you are looking for a good, quote-unquote, morning show-style entertainment that centers around trucks but covers all kinds of things, then you should check out these guys. And five stars. That's, that's one of our best reviews right that there. Was, that was very kind. Match. Match. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. All right, got one here from 
Mrs. PB13. Mrs. PB13. Uh, says, best podcast ever. They even read my email on the air and answered my questions. I love these guys. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And f- Oh, <laughs> you were all cocked up ready. and ready to you, go. You were well, I was over here. I look up and you were like, uh, waiting for me, just, hanging out there. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Five, Five stars. Jeez, are you rusty on this? I but I was. I wasn't expecting it. I was. I don't we have know. like eight hundred and fifteen reviews or something. I we're doing a party at a thousand. So can you guys come on? Keep keep them coming. Jam on it, guys. All right. Uh, got one from uh, somebody who stole my Instagram uh, name. Okay. And then uh, wrote California pompousness. Oh, no. Says, the info is usually pretty solid, but the attitude of Holman is generally too, I'm better than you feeling. If we could just now, have- Now, wait, hold on. Holman's doing air quotes yeah. right now. I'm better no, no, than you? because he put quotes in on oh, there. he did. If we could just have lightning narrating the shows, it would be five stars. <laughs> I'm going to give him what he wants. I'm going to let you do a whole show, <laughs> and then we'll see if he comes I back. Mean, I don't have to do a whole but, show, because I have you. If I'm one star, mm-hmm. and you're five stars, shouldn't you have at least given us three stars? Yes. What did he give us? A one star. What? Yeah. No, what? Oh. And then he ends it with, I wouldn't expect much more from Californians living in that communist mess of a state. Listen, we admit where we live is a communist mess of a state. But that doesn't mean you have to give us a one star. No, dude. I mean, listen, we drive trucks. We love guns. I mean, we have beards. Here, listen, here's the thing. <laughs> that D-bag over there in the corner is not the only one in the studio, <laughs> if you know what I mean. What are you pointing at, us? Oh, this, this interview. Yeah, or this uh, review. How dare he? So disappointing. I mean, I, let's just do this, because I don't want him to leave another one, so let's just- We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry for sucking. And I'm sorry I, and whatever, that you hate me in California. I don't know what I. Yeah, ever did listen. To you. We also hate California. Yeah. No, we don't totally. Uh, no, no, no. We love California. We hate the politics. Yeah, that is. And, and, a, yeah, lot that's of, and a lot of the people. <laughs> we love the weather. Yeah. Do you love the weather? Yeah. Both of us live not too far from the beach. That ma- that matters. I'm just saying that if you're gonna hate, like, do you have to do it so publicly? Yeah, could you can't just, you just write us? Yeah, could you just tell me personally that you hate me? DM me at I Sean mean, P. Holman. I mean, I, yeah, at LBC Lightning. Just, going, you, suck, you suck, bro. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I and hate we could, you. We could talk through it. I'm like, how can I improve? But yeah. when you leave us one star, that's that kind of hurts. That stings a little bit. Stings, yeah, I bet he yeah. didn't think we were going to read it. And I'm like, nah, we own it. You don't, you don't like. I don't want to own I mean. it. I'd much prefer you just read another five star. But... All right, how about this one from you? So. <laughs> Are you making this up? No. You so... Are you, you're not going to say you so horny, are you? You so faking we too did it. That's, that's the username? The, that's the username. You so faking we did it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, says, yeah, buddy. Keep on mounting... Wait, wait, stop, stop, okay, stop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Keep on mounting those parameters. Ten four, bring it around full circle. Ridgelines aren't trucks. Very few people mod F-150s. The new shop talk jingle is indeed terrible, and there's never too much off-road talk. How's that for a run-on sentence? Keep on keeping on, Light King and Holes Man. <laughs> like the movie Holes. And that's from You So Faking We Too Did It. I don't like I, the name, but I, I, but I love the comment. I mean, it's a, the longest run-on sentence I've seen in a long time. And how many and, stars? Yeah, he, uh, he gave us a full... Five stars. So uh, very generous. That offset that rude gentleman uh, before there. Absolutely. Well, listen. 
All right, please leave us a five-star hotline on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes if you want to uh, leave us a message, 657-205-6105, or hit us up, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. It's like you were a DJ, just racing hit the post. Did it. I even had like half a second at the end there. And you were treating it like Stairway to Heaven, where you had like Woo. minutes and minutes of yeah. lead-in. Nope. No. You just crammed. I smashed it. Yeah, you did. Smashed it right in the uh, smasher. In the keister? Yeah, I just smashed. Smash, smash. <laughs> kind of how every time I get into the whatever I'm driving, I just smash the driver's seat. You do, because your ass is so ginormous. It doesn't have a choice. It's like, ah, get off! Get that's off. not true. It's my gut that's ginormous. I got no butt. I have a question for you. Okay. How do you fit in a Nissan zero-gravity seat? Perfectly. Is it the, Does it have the depth and the width that you need for your giant keister? I don't have a giant keister. I have no keister. Well, it, you, what you should be asking is if the seatbelt will reach around my gut. Oh, okay. And does it? Absolutely. All right. I, I, I'm quite fond of the Nissan Titan uh, seating position. Can't you know how sometimes <laughs> you get to some vehicles and the pedals are a certain place and then the steering wheel's in a certain place and you can't get that relationship of foot to pedal and gut to steering wheel just right? Yeah. No problem like that in the Titan. Do you have any problem uh, reaching over your belly to get to the stereo knob? The, uh... No, no, I use the steering wheel controls. Oh, Everything you, so, is right there. So okay. the Fender audio system is not affected by your girth? No, no. Uh, Nissan <laughs> developed a 10 tenths full-size truck and it will accommodate even you, my friend. Oh, wait a minute. You can't flip this on me. I, I mean, I've seen you get in one. You're huffing a little bit when you step on that nice uh, step right under the door there. Kind of, It's like a ladder to get in. Huffing? At least it's a, a proper truck where it sits up high. Yeah, it's a good-looking truck. Five-year, 100,000-mile uh, warranty. And whether you are a uh, slim and uh, svelte person, much like myself, or you're a big old bubba <laughs> like lightning, then uh, <laughs> Nissan has a, uh, a Titan a for you. You can't put slim and svelte yeah. and you in the same sentence. Yeah, absolutely. And if you'd like to drive uh, something a little more midsize, check out mm-hmm. the 2020 Nissan Frontier, which... Uh, you realize that everything after you said that sentence is now bogus. No, that's not true. Nissan, it, just, it just negates no, everything No, the Nissan Frontier follows. is awesome. Uh, yes, it is. It's absolutely awesome, and we both fit. And it's uh, the truck, but not together. No, no. <laughs> One of us has to sit. No, in we the do. Bed. There's there's about three inches between our shoulders. It's perfect. <laughs> so let, let's put it this way: to put a button on the Nissan topic, it will accommodate even the huskiest of models, or the sveltest of podcast hosts like myself. Head over to uh, <laughs> NissanUSA.com or down to your local Nissan dealer. Check out the Titan, the Titan XD, five year, hundred thousand mile warranty, as well as the Nissan Frontier midsize truck. Ooh, the 21's coming soon, and we're going to have some info. Very excited about that. And, of course, the Nissan NV line of commercial vans. You know what else will hold our uh, our enormous weight? Decked system. That's we, true, 2,000 pounds. You and, I could, you and I could lay out sleeping bags and yeah. sleep under the stars on a deck system, and it wouldn't bow under the weight. Um, I will separate myself from you by being inside a drawer. Those massive, <laughs> weatherproof, and lockable drawers where you are safe from camping with lightning. Why haven't we actually... Camping with lightning! Camping with lightning. That's such a band. Isn't it, though? Uh, they're playing the Palladium in two weeks. Oh, they might yeah, be. As soon as COVID is yeah, over. Yeah, hopefully it's over soon. No, we should uh, We should camp. We should uh-huh. invite our listeners uh, somewhere out into like, like just William, up... William, Williams, no, 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 Arizona. No, no, or something no, no like that. this is what we do. We just give out GPS coordinates, and if you show up, you show up. Oh, that's cool. But wait a minute. We have to tell we're, what part of the country no, no, we're no. going to be in. No, well, I'm not driving 20 hours. 
It'd be somewhere like the SoCal desert, someplace easy to reach. We threw out some coordinates, but here's the deal. You have to prove when you arrive that you've left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So they have to drive across the desert and, they, and leave a review? Yes, and they have to bring either a cigar, a Wiener Schnitzel chili dog, or some bourbon. I don't or want, Dr. Pepper. I don't want a chili dog that's traveled the desert. I mean, I didn't say you had to eat it. They just oh. have to bring it. It's like a shrine. Wait, like, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. What are they getting out of it? Like They, they hang to... out with us in the desert. Well, why? They could go hang out by themselves in the desert and not have to jump through any of those hoops. Oh, well, I'm Are just... you insinuating? That that's, that's pretty pompous of you to say, like, we're that rad that they need to do all these things to get to us. All right. You let us know. Truckshowpodcast at uh, gmail.com. No, wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. No, we I, should be no, offering they, them no, something. I am. We this is what we're going to do. No, stop, or stop, stop, stop. This is it. I, I have it figured out. In my garage is one of the very first of Dex's new products sitting in a brand new box for us to give away to our listeners. You and I shove it full of T-shirts and stickers. We head out to the desert. We post the coordinates, and the first guy with a truck that it fits in that comes can have it. Everybody else gets T-shirts. When's the date? I'm in. I don't know. We're just we're, we're literally just figuring this out now. No, I want you to open up your iPhone. You're sitting in front of your Mac. Do we'll you figure it out. We're, we'll figure we're it out. We're gonna post this on socials. Sorry, we're, we're gonna post this on socials, and we will talk about it on the next. This episode. is a this is a idea in progress. Is it going to happen a work in, in November? No. It won't? No, there's no way. There's no way. Why? We're just going camping. I don't have time in November. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm locked out December. It's freezing cold. Well, that will weed out people who like comfort. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first. What do you guys think? If you like that idea, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Do you think we could get Deck to, to come out and be a part of that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, deck.com or at Deck USA. And I'd personally like to thank Ryan Rutledge, Director of Controls at R Not Industries or R Not Air Suspension, for coming on the show. Uh, I think we actually broke some news. I know they had some information on their you know frequently asked questions page, but I don't know that they've done any interviews. So we we actually Holman might have broken news here. Well, I, I love it. I also want to thank uh, Daniel LeBlanc and uh, Sandy Lirag from uh, OEM Audio Plus. So if you're looking to upgrade that base audio system in your truck and you want to have premium sound but not for a premium price, check out OEM Audio Plus. Actually, it concerns me, Holman, because if they upgrade their sound system, they'll hear how we really sound. And some of our suckage may come through the speakers. Yeah, they'll get used to it. I have. <laughs> The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like to open the show, leave a message on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.